Looking for a gift for a friend who just turned 42 and is celebrating his first birthday away from his family? If chicken's not an option, get him something from Amazon.com. Get the best deals on everything you need and help support Rob as a podcast whenever you start your shopping at robaswebsite.com slash Amazon or for our friends in Canada, robaswebsite.com slash Amazon CA. Coming to you live from my apartment, which is the studio. It's Rob has a podcast. And now here's the guy who never stops for mandatory relaxation. Rob Sisternino. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Rob has a podcast after week number four slash five of Survivor. It was a two hour Survivor event this past Wednesday and two really exciting episodes of the show. And I am very excited because I'm starting to feel like we are at the point in the Survivor season where I think that we're sort of like at the top of the roller coaster. And I think that things are about to start to really get crazy for the rest of the way. And that's making me very excited to talk about how this is all going to play out here for the rest of this season. So I think we're at the precipice of something very exciting, not to say that this last two our event was not very good. I think it was uh, the highest point of the season, but now I think we're about to go to the point where things are just going to start to get really crazy. And I feel like this is going to be a very exciting merge this season. So I'm pumped up to talk about it here with you guys. We've got a great show here today. We're going to start with Dale and Kelly Wentworth. So that's going to be very fun to catch up with Dale and Kelly. And then I'm going to get into your voicemails in this show with my friend Ryan Elder, who is the composer for Rick and Morty, which is the Adult Swim cartoon uh, from the Cartoon Network. Uh, he also writes a lot of the jingles, which you hear on Rob Has a Podcast. So uh, excited to talk to him about what you guys are having to say here on the podcast. Of course, we did our Survivor Know-It-Alls on Wednesday night. Of course, that's on RobHasAWebsite.com. And then I did my exit interview with both Lindsay and and Max. And I thought that Lindsay was very fun to talk to. I thought that she was uh, way more into talking about the game than I thought she might have been. So that was a pleasant surprise. And Max also has had a lot of interesting things to say. And of course, uh, every week I talk to the players who get kicked off. You can always hear those at robhaswebsite.com or by subscribing to the podcast at robhaswebsite.com slash iTunes or even jumping on the Rob as a Podcast app. Uh, which is available for Android or iOS at robhasawebsite.com slash app. We have a lot going on in the world of Rob Has a Podcast. We are kicking off our Big Brother Canada 3 coverage this week. I've been getting a lot of questions from people. Are you covering Big Brother Canada 3 this season? Yes. Yes, I am, sir or ma'am. We are covering Big Brother Canada 3 here on the podcast. And so I will get into our first preview of Big Brother Canada 3 on Friday night live with Mike Bloom. And that's going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So we'll get a page up for that. Very excited for uh, Rob has a podcast coverage of Big Brother Canada 3 for a lot of reasons. Big Brother Canada is also very fun. We have a person who is a longtime Rob has a podcast fan competing on the show. So that's going to be very exciting to watch. And of course, uh, lots of twists always come along on Big Brother Canada. So more on that tomorrow. 
We also have a new Survivor video that I've put together. We've been working on the campaign for the podcast awards, and we've been having people vote daily for podcast awards for Rob Has a Podcast at podcastawards.com, nominated for Best Entertainment Podcast and People's Choice Podcast of the Year, which is really the top honor in podcasting, and we've been actively campaigning for that. I just put out a new video, which is going to feature a lot of familiar faces, uh, which you may know from Survivor. If you want to check out my new uh, video where uh, some survivors are going to tell you to stick to the plan and vote RHAP, you could check that out. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash time to vote. robhasawebsite.com slash time to vote. And of course, you can cast your votes daily at podcastawards.com through Tuesday the 24th. All right, everybody, I'm very excited because we are having another double guest here on the podcast on an episode where we had a double boot. We needed two survivors to help us break this down from Survivor San Juan del Sur, the father and daughter team. Here they are. It's Dale and Kelly Wentworth. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, so, Kelly, we ta- we talked to you all through uh, Miss Survivor. You uh, had a, a a deep run into Miss Survivor. <laughs> you were right there. Dale, we haven't spoken to you in a while. How are you doing, Dale? Uh, a lot better because last time you've talked to me, I just got voted off. So I've recovered since then. So I'm doing great. Good. Good. Well, happy to have you guys both back. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, now, you guys are both in Washington, but you guys are live separate. Don't live that close together, right? Uh, a couple hundred miles apart. Yes. Okay. Dale, do you want Kelly to move closer to home? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> absence makes a heart grow fonder. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> no, distance isn't. I mean, a short drive for me is 100 miles. So add another 100 on to visit her is no problem at all. Okay, good. Well. Let, let's uh, get into this because you guys were both very much affected by the tribe swap last season. So this was good timing to have you guys on the podcast to talk about a tribe swap this season. And we'll get through everything uh, into last night's episode. But first off, am I correct in assuming, uh, Dale, you would be a blue collar survivor. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, I think I would fit into that one pretty good. Yes. And, and Kelly, would you be white collar? <laughs> I, I probably would be put on white collar just because of my profession. Um, but, you know, they put people wherever they want to stick them. So <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Wherever they want to put them. And, and Dale, yeah. do, you, do you feel like you would get along good with these blue collar survivors? Uh, that'd be a good question. I think Rodney and I would be going head to head pretty good, just like him and Dan or my, I mean, um, he's, he, he's a blue collar, but a meathead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. There are no sorries on this show, dad. That's true. I get, I guess I could get along with him working with my hands. I'm used to working with tools. So Rodney would be a good tool to use. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. What I want to know is I saw in the episode last night, Shireen talked about how she got ready for Survivor by she started slaughtering chickens <laughs> and that she went then and to uh, a farmer to uh, learn how to slaughter an animal, and a farmer taught her how to slaughter a rabbit. 
Dale, were you the farmer that taught Shireen how to slaughter the rabbit? No, because I, I went way past slaughtering rabbits. I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's kind of funny. I mean, you got to plot her effort. I mean, that's doing your homework, and that's a lot more homework than half the people that we dealt with who couldn't even figure out a fire. So uh, I'll give her props for doing it. Yeah. Kelly, could you slaughter the chicken if you needed to? Oh, my gosh. It's so funny because when I was watching, I like I couldn't watch them put the chicken down and then take the machete and and do that whole thing. Um, But when you're out there, you're so hungry. I mean, we were eating the grossest thing. So probably if I was out there, I, you know, I would have to do it because you're just starving. Except I got one question. Why did they kill the chicken and not the rooster? Because they had three. Yeah, but still three chickens give you more eggs than one rooster. Rooster's just going to sit there and say, well, thank God it wasn't me. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, The chickens always make things interesting on Survivor. That's that's (laughs) one surefire thing through 30 seasons of this show. Anytime they bring chickens into the mix, there's always going to be something something interesting that happens. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, So let's talk about this uh, tribe swap uh, from last night. Now, they did the tribe swap definitely differently in uh, in your season where um, they sort of like uh, it was how did they do it? It was did they separate? Was it men men pick buffs from here or women pick buffs from here? How, they did something special with you were picking a certain number of buffs, right? Kelly, could you explain how that went? Yeah, well, we were just sitting up in the um, heroes arena or whatever the hell they called it last season, yes. um, and then you know Jeff said drop your buffs, and then he tossed both tribes a bag. Um, and then we just drew randomly from each of our bags. Got it. So yeah. Yeah. So the tribes had a certain number of buffs that were certain colors. So you couldn't have had a situation where, you know, five Hunapu people stayed together and one person went to the other tribe. So they, they sort of did that better. Um, was that, is that a better way to do it than how we just leave it to chance? Because it does feel like we always get a situation where a one whole tribe ends up staying together and one person is gone. Kelly, do you like that? Um, I mean, maybe I just don't like tribe swaps because I was kind of a victim to one. But mm-hmm. I just think the last few seasons, it hasn't really turned out that well. I mean, looking at this tribe swap, you have... Six dudes and Sierra, who is oh, so man. tall, she's like a man. I mean, not like not really, but you know. And then you have the tribe of just careful. You should have learned from Nadia on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I take it back. Um, so I don't know. I just the tribe swaps in general. Sometimes I'm not a huge fan of, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird how it plays out because you wouldn't think that would happen, and it seems to happen every time. Yeah, Dale, are you sour on tribe swaps? <laughs> well, this one is just. I was at the first. Yes, I'm very sour on it because first glance at this one, you felt sorry for Kelly because she left her alliance. Kelly on the worlds apart. She left yeah. her alliance, but then she went into the swing vote. So she sought after. But, geez, it's just a testosterone fired blue collar tribe. Now it's all guys and physical challenge. It looks like they're going to clean clean house on them. So um, you have boys against girls just about on this from the tribe swap. So um it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But the blue guys, they've got a definite advantage when it comes to challenges. Yeah, it definitely looks like it. And it's not even like in Survivor San Juan del Sur where we had like one tribe. Like it didn't look like on paper, uh, you know, Hunapu versus Koyopa was uh, too much of a mismatch. You know, it did like, you know, it was somewhat, you know, seemed looked looked kind of even. Is that is that fair to say, Dale? Well, I... Uh, 
John and I, it was the two old guys and John against all the young guys. So there was quite an age group on ours that happened. And um, uh, Hunapu got all the young guys. They got the Jeremy's, the Reed, the Josh, the West out. So there was a a young versus old type. And John was the only guy. And then, so I, well, I I was talking about the guys. I wasn't talking about the girls. So I thought there was a definite disadvantage for Kyopa, but uh, this one that happened now is just, I mean, it's so obvious. Even Jeff was mentioning it during the challenge because it's kind of a useless challenge just for the fact of how clean they are. And was that bad planning by the Red Tribe? Uh, Just how they pulled the sled and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's tribe swaps suck. (laughs) Jeff did seem a little bit like it was just, you know, predetermined. He's just like, oh, and, you know, predictably. Yeah. (laughs) He was really like, uh, seemed like maybe uh, he was like against the tribe swap in in the first place. However, uh, as much as like we see a lot of times people get screwed up by this uh, tribe swap, I do think it makes for a better show. Uh, Of course, uh, present company excluded. But I think that, after, but, but uh, what it does is that I think it really does help with their, you know, avoiding sort of what we saw in sort of like the Redemption Island and South Pacific seasons where one tribe just sort of, you know, sticks together all the way through. And, you know, it doesn't always prevent it. Like we talked about in uh, last night with this Survivor One World swap that uh, was brought up by Max, where we had one tribe with the Misfits. Uh, you know, Colton and Leaf and Tarzan. And it just so happened that most of Kim's alliance ended up swapping to one tribe that she still had Chelsea. She still had Sabrina. Um, I think did she, uh, she may, may have lost Alicia, but she still had cat. Um, and so they, she was able to keep her group strong enough that they just came back together right after the merge. So, uh, I do think in most seasons, a tribe swap does help prevent uh, there just being a one side just totally get picked off after the merge. So it, yeah. it takes away the predictability pretty much because if before the tribe swap, you would have thought that Dan and Mike and Kelly um, and Rodney, they had they were going to rule their tribe, which they were. They had a block of four. Now, all of a sudden. With the tribe swap, it looks like Dan and Mike are on the outs because now you got a bromance going between uh, Rodney and Joaquin, and they might swing to the other side. So it took a predictable alliance and blew it apart. Yeah. So do you feel like uh, the show shouldn't have the tribe swap anymore? I know that you guys are both very affected by it, but as a viewer, would you like to see them get rid of it, Dale? Oh, man. It's... <laughs> in some ways, yes, because uh, it destroys in for a player. Yes, for a person who's been on the game, because it destroys your alliances two or three days or two or three weeks into the game. It destroys your alliances and alliances are so tough to build in, in that game. And this one happened very early in the game. Yeah. So I'm against them. Okay. Yeah, I will say, I mean, like as a player, if it doesn't go in your favor, yes, of course you're against them because you could have been in a great spot. I mean, in San Juan del Sur, I was in a decent spot and John Mish actually was on the bottom. Well, look at what happened to the tribe swap. He suddenly got, you know, all this power, which he wouldn't have had if we didn't have that. But I think as a viewer, it's very interesting and it also tests people's abilities to fit in with other people and make new alliances, which is interesting to watch. Um, In a blood versus water season, it's a lot more difficult because you have those pairs. And so it's 
maybe not as fun, but I think with individuals, it makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, the blood versus water thing is tricky because the idea yeah. of the tribe swap that's exciting is that nobody knows anybody. And then yeah, exactly. now you have to, like, now you get to work with people from the other side, whereas in the blood versus water season, it's like now people are reunited with their loved ones and pair, pair, mm-hmm. pair, pair. Um, and so it makes it a little wonkier uh, with the swap. But I think, you know, yeah. on face value, I, I do think that the swap is a uh, is a good thing. Even though I, I used to probably be a little bit more of like, oh, I love the swap, always need the swap. And now after watching so many seasons of Survivor in this 30 season rewatch that I'm doing, you know, the swap <laughs> really has uh, screwed some people along the way. But I would love to hear from you guys. How much do you feel like was Max Dawson screwed <laughs> By the swap, and how much? How much of it? I asked this to Stephen last night. How much was he screwed by the swap, and how much was he screwed up by his own social game? I will start. I will start with Dale because he will not pull any punches. Okay. He was he was screwed up by number one as a expert on this by mouthing off about how much you know off Survivor. You put a target on your back as wide as the beach you're sitting on, and him and Sharin both were just bragging about. I mean, naming the bur- the astrological signs that people had been voted <laughs> off the island. Dude, you need to take a vacation from Survivor. <laughs> he's, Uber, he's an Uber fan, and that put a mark on him. And then the swap just put the extra exclamation point on it. Okay. Callie, what is your take on this? Well, I, I mean, if you look at that swap, it looks like they were in an okay position because they had three white collar, and then you're going to try and pull in Kelly, which, you know, Shireen was working on. Um, but I think that this all started way before that with the naked thing, with the, yes. you know, just all these other shenanigans. And, you know, Caroline, Carolyn, excuse me, pegged it even before the swap when she said, you know, there, Shireen is following Max and everything he does. I mean, that's just stupidity on their part. Like I was very close with Natalie and Jeremy and, you know, a couple other people, but there were times where it was like, okay, I don't want to talk to this person for a bit because it shouldn't be so obvious. And if it is, I mean, you've seen pairs in the past where people are like, someone's got to go because those two, it's a block of two votes. So I think it was just not smart. Um, it's you know, exactly like, prior. it would be exactly like, and to some degree, a loved one. You see two people that are so close. And, you know, obviously when Kelly and I played, you automatically knew that when we got together, it was going to be a close vote. Missy and Baylor, John and Jacqueline, same thing. You try and split that. So Sharin and Max, the same thing. They were almost... On the loved ones, I wouldn't say that, but they almost were that strong a pair. You had to do something to break them apart. So it was an automatic or a quick think or easy vote to try and break up that couple. And they were being annoying, which just helped, (laughs) right? Because, no, because people like, you know, I think Haley said it or something about, you know, uh, I don't remember what she said exactly, but it's like you want to keep the tribe um, unified. And, you know, if you have those two people that are annoying everybody, that's such an easy way to, to target somebody is like, they're annoying me. So I'm going to get them out. So beyond them being a tight pair, they, they should have toned it down. It was just way, way too much. And usually everybody's looking for any excuse whatsoever to put a target on somebody's back. And if you start being annoying on top of it, it just puts you the next step closer to being voted out. Now, Kelly, this was brought up on your season that Drew Christie, uh, the, bad, <laughs> the, the badass himself, talking yeah. about how you you were a threat because you had seen every season and every episode yes. of the show. So, yeah. um, basically, I'm a badass. 
and he's a badass. I love that. And, and that's a a very a very badass way to play the game. Vote out somebody that's yeah. seen all of the shows. Now, how did he know that you knew every episode of the show? Well, I would. I'm glad you asked me this, and I'm, I will start out by saying that I noticed last week when Jen said at Tribal Council, like I've seen every season, and I can't believe I'm here. No one was getting mad at her for saying that. Okay, so. Max and Shireen were way over the top. Knowing people's astrological signs is just, it's creepy. I'm sorry. Um, But so for me, when we were at camp, you know, I was a fan. Reed was a fan. Jeremy was a fan. A couple other people, you know, even we talked with Missy about like one world. And, And so it's just, you have so much downtime. It just comes up and you talk about like, oh, you know, um, we think there's a tribe swap coming and it happened in Gabon or whatever it is. Um, it just naturally came out. And I personally don't think we were talking about it so much that it should have been a threat. Like we shouldn't have been a threat to somebody um, or me, but for someone, I guess, who had never seen the season, it was. But I, I, like, I don't think that myself and Reed and Jeremy and whoever else were talking about it that much. Um it just kind of naturally came up, and I guess it, I guess it was too much for some people. Yeah, I mean, Dale, what do you do about you know if you are a big fan of the show? And you know, um, I know you're a fan of these shows, but uh, you, not to the degree, certainly, uh, which uh, Max and Shireen are. Would you be threatened <laughs> by if you were in a tribe with somebody? And you, I know you don't have to worry about that because most of the people that were on your tribe never even saw Survivor before. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I, I would welcome somebody who's a super fan because playing with a bunch of dim light bulbs is not very easy. <laughs> I mean, you go up and talk strategy and you get the thousand yard stare in their eyes and they go, well, I don't know, just don't vote for me. I don't care what we do. Oh, and I mean, it's frustrating to the 10th degree to play with that type of non-entity i guess <laughs> so um, that many that many of them yes yeah. one or two isn't bad there there's a there you're a goat so you can take it but when you're when you're one person in a tribe of goats it's pretty tough but josh and i got along good josh was a super fan so i could talk to him but wes and alec was just uh, it was it was tough so i would rather play with a super fan because you could enjoy the game playing with them and that would be the beauty of it is playing with a Max. I mean, he's obviously on the wrong Superfan Deluxe, but uh, still, I would welcome a chance to play with that because you could talk strategy with him. And I, we were faced with somebody where you couldn't talk strategy with anybody. I could with Josh a little bit, but uh, that was about it. Were you guys surprised that it was Max that was the person that got voted out last night instead of Shireen? Because I, I really was considering that Shireen not only seemed to be somebody who was getting on their nerves, but I just feel like Max is going to be more of a help in the challenges than Shireen is going to be. Even though, in fairness to Shireen, she's done well in some of the swimming challenges that we've seen her in. Um, Dale, did that surprise you? You know, the thing that took the thing that surprised me, or the thing that instantly put up the red flashing light in what in what when Max was walking away from the immunity challenge and he goes, I'm looking forward to going to tribal tonight. And that says, okay, you're thinking too much or you're trying to be too much. because Nobody wants to go to tribal surprises happen at tribal and they're never good. So to look forward to it is not a good thing because good things never happen at tribal. (laughs) And so was he, was, was he looking forward to, did he throw the challenge? There's all sorts of things you could read into that comment. 
I don't so, think he threw the challenge. No, I, I don't, no, I don't he think he did. I mean, they just got their butts kicked left and right. Yeah. There, there was none of that. But well, why would he be looking forward? He's too confident as a, and as a super fan, you should not go into tribal being that confident because blind sides happen to everybody. And maybe he was just more annoying than Shireen. That's why he got sent home. So I, I don't know. It was, that's the thing that threw me last night is when he made that comment that, uh, guy, you shouldn't be that confident going into a tribal, especially right after a swap. Yeah. Kelly. And you played with uh, drew Christie, who I believe also <laughs> wanted to go to tribal council, right? He, he did to cut the head off the snake, which I believe is what Carolyn called Max. So, I believe that's uh, said in every single episode of survivor that was yeah. ever made. Um, <laughs> even yeah, though in I, the first hour they did literally cut the head off. The snake. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Gosh, Chris. Um, Can I say something? So I initially thought it would be Shireen going home just because she seemed like the more annoying of the two. But then I did rewatch it. And there was that comment from Carolyn where she did say that, you know, Shireen follows Max. So there must have been a conversation between those five where she mentioned that to them and said, let's get rid of Max because Shireen is following him. And maybe he was more kind of influential and and could change people's minds. So to me, like, that's why they probably got rid of him over Shireen. Okay. Okay. Um, in terms of Max's knowledge of the show, do you do you feel like knowing as much about Survivor, Kelly, do you feel like it is a detriment to know that much? Like, do you feel like you could have too much knowledge about Survivor, let alone like, you know, sharing it? Do you think, is it possible to have just information <laughs> overload and, you know, is it better to come into the game just knowing a little bit about Survivor instead of knowing everything about Survivor? You know, I initially, before I went on the show, thought it would be such a bonus to have watched every season and and to know everything. Um, But I do think now that it caused me to be a little more paranoid in my season because I, like, I had seen so many episodes and I hadn't seen all these scenarios and, like, you can't trust anybody. And it, I almost think it is beneficial to have only seen a season or two um, and to kind of go in it and go into the game, um, not playing all those scenarios out in your head. I do think there are benefits to being a fan because you, you can kind of sense some of those things more than other people. But it's, you know, I, I almost think it is better to, to not be a super fan. Dale, you agree with that? Yes, because you can overthink the dang game. Yeah. And when you know the birth dates of everybody who's won and you've got them categorized and that sort of stuff, you've overthought the game just a little much, dude. <laughs> yeah. You've got to leave a little bit in your brain for life. And I know. So you, you need to accept the game for what it is, but you can't overthink it because – if you bury yourself so much in the previous 29 season, you forget exactly what's happening in your season. If you Mm -hmm. try and play worlds apart or this season, like one world or all stars or fans versus favorites, something like that, you, because the personalities are different in this game. So it can be, and as we found out, it hurts you quite a bit by being such a, a survivor nerd. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, I think people are going to find this shocking that I'm going to say this, but I, I think I actually agree with this because, I mean, if if you take a look at people who have done very well at this game, very few of them are people that just know the show backwards and forwards. And mm-hmm. I do think that there's a little bit of just sort of like uh, not to bring up baseball uh, too much, uh, Dale. Uh, but <laughs> I do think that there's a little bit of like, you're better off sort of like, you know, see the ball, hit the ball rather than, you know, studying hours and hours of tape on every single pitcher. 
And mm-hmm. I think that uh, there is a little bit where you want to know the game. You want to know like, oh, okay, sometimes they do this. Sometimes they do this. But I think just like having just such a knowledge base because just having all that information is just an invitation to be talking about it. And you could drive people nuts. Yeah, yeah and I agree. Because like, say, if like you get asked, who's your favorite player? Well, I like this player, this player. Well, if you try and imitate that player, you're doomed to failure because he was playing his game based on the personalities and the people on that season, the lack of food, the weather, everything that goes into Survivor. And it's not like you can go in and plan the game because Survivor moves so fast. And that's what most people, until you've played it, you don't realize how fast the game actually goes. And so you have to adapt to situations. So, yeah, the you have to have a knowledge of the game and the strategy and stuff. But to be that into depth, I think, can be a detriment to you. Now, let, let me ask you guys, uh, what's your astrological sign? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Gemini. The Gemini. Gemini. Yeah. I'm a Pisces. Pisces. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, let, me look, let me look this, this up. Okay. Gemini. Uh, I'm looking at an old uh, thread about this. I don't see. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, Pisces. Oh, Bob Crowley and Brian Heideck both are uh, Pisces oh. winners. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. There you yes. go. Well, I brought I brought down the average, didn't I? Speaking of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, do you think that Shireen is in a lot of trouble going forward now, Kelly? Oh, gosh. I mean, did you see her face at Tribal? She was totally shocked. Um, totally shocked. Yeah, I think. Alec Christie think face she, almost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't, don't do that to Shereen. <laughs> <laughs> She's at least thinking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, if you look at that tribe, it seems like the three no-callers and Kelly and Carolyn are together and Shereen is totally on the outs. Um, unless she can find a way to, I don't know, work with Carolyn and Kelly to go against the other three because maybe they see them as a threat going into the merge. I don't know, but I, I would say she probably is in pretty big trouble. Yeah, I, she. the look on her face was just, I mean, that was a truck that came and hit him last uh, on the tribal council. And uh, with Carolyn making the swap like that, because they thought they had Carolyn in the bag. And mm-hmm. apparently stuff happened earlier or there's a lot of bad blood behind be, behind him before the tribe swap and Carolyn's carrying it over and she jumped tribes. I mean, that's the beauty of the tribe swap goes back to that. Uh, it gives you a chance to play a new game. And what you said in the previous two weeks, is coming back to haunt you in the way of a knife in the back. Now, Dale, what do you think of this move for Carolyn? And uh, I'd like to know if you uh, feel like you can relate to her at all as sort of being the person who's, you know, the oldest person that's in a group with people that are younger than you, uh, and what you know the difficulties of sort of like getting in with a group in the game like Survivor. You know, I I I have sympathy for anybody who's past the age of I don't know thirty five because apparently we're <laughs> geriatric idiots on the show. But because uh, I, so. I mean, come on, guys, wait till you're our age and you're going to find out. <laughs> but anyhow, the bad thing is she's going to be on the out. She's got rid of two of her. She, She's on the track to get two of her past tribe mates, which would have been her friends. And she's going to be on the outs with the younger ones because she's still down on numbers. And those three will eventually turn on her. Depends on how far they make it in before they do the merge. So um, I know what she's trying to fight against and trying herself in with the young ones. But she's got three that 
are eventually going to look at her. She's from another tribe. We don't need her. We're just using her for a vote. So um, does she try and mend the fences with Sharin now and get back on even votes? I don't know. It's going to be tough for her. Um, the age thing is just, I hate to see it used in Survivor, but it's such a common thing. Get rid of the old person first. They can't compete in challenges. Well, you look at Keith. He was only off by my age by six months, and he killed it in the individual rewards last year. So, uh, or Carolyn, not Shrin. Carolyn, um, mm-hmm. as the age thing, it's going to be tough for her to fight those three younger people once it gets down on numbers. Yeah. And Kelly, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, it's interesting because we don't know. There's only probably another vote or two before the merge. Um, so, you know, blue collar has a ton of people left and white, no collar, excuse me, has four people. Blue collar has five. Uh, wait, four. Yeah, five. Yeah. Um, so white collar essentially has the least amount of people left. So if she can, I think if she can get in with these three people, um, the no callers and kind of ride with them to the end, I, that might be okay, but she's certainly not going back to white collar. I mean, Joaquin and, and Tyler are probably going to do their own thing now, or maybe they'll go back together. Those three, um, I, I think she'll be okay if they win, if they don't win, I would say it would be Shireen and then probably her, but she has no. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys so, feel like she has a chance though to, you know, do anything this season, Carolyn? Like, I know that she's sort of, I mean, is, what do you mean? well, I, I feel like though that it seems like she doesn't really have, you know, a, a ton of connections. Like I feel yeah. like she's seemingly not in a great spot, but don't you just feel like you, that you're just going to wake up. It's the final four and she's still there. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's totally going to be like Missy. Like I swear she just, I mean, she has an idol, so that's great. But with all due um, respect to Missy, I feel like that <laughs> she will, I think she will fare better than, than yeah. Missy. Like, yeah, uh, I, I think too. if anything that, uh, you know, I feel like she's may just get herself in trouble. I, I don't think that she can control her emotions. Like, I feel like that she's an emotional mm. player, even though yeah. I think she's a, she's a strong, like, She's a savvy, strategic player. I feel like her mouth is going to get her in trouble, though. Eventually, it depends it on how qu- it depends on how quick she can learn the game. Because, like you say, once you're in there, you learn a little bit. And I think she can like be in by herself, just kind of because she's distanced herself from some of the other white collars. That she could be drugged around a little bit just for that reason. So yeah, she could just by accident be drugged quite a ways in the game. Yeah, uh, if she can. Like say she found the idol, so that's in her favor. So she knows how to play the game. Uh, now can she fit in with the new tribe, the young kids and stuff? Make it to the merge and uh, maybe tie back up with Tyler, um, who I think is going to be a force in the game. Interesting. Let, let's yeah. talk about that other tribe a little bit, and well, let's talk about the first version of it first, and then we'll talk about what's going on <laughs> in, in the new version. Because oh, um, that decision last night, I thought was very curious. Uh, and in some ways, you know, just tying it back to blood versus water, you had uh, Lindsay and Sierra who were a tight two and they could have either voted out one out of that tight two. And, you know, on the plus side, you split up a pair uh, or they could have voted out Rodney and kept those two people in the fold and in the good graces of the other people in the blue collar tribe. So 
uh, Kelly, let me start with you. Did you agree mm-hmm. with that decision to vote out Lindsay last night over Rodney? Yeah, I think it was an interesting choice. I mean, clearly Rodney was getting on everyone's nerves um, and it would have been very easy to get rid of him. Um, I think that those four, Kelly, Dan, um, Mike and Rodney, must have been a little bit closer than we saw um, because they obviously had a plan in place to split the votes like that. Um I think they should have gotten rid of Rodney because now look at the Sierra situation and, and they've totally alienated her and she's over it. So I would have personally gotten rid of Rodney also because I wouldn't not have gotten along with him. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, Kelly, would you have gotten in Rodney's face? Uh, about no. The kind of stuff? Yeah. no, that's the difference. Right. So as I'm watching it, I kind of had flashbacks of like me and drew, um, not so aggressive, but you know, drew was, did not, did not act, um, so polite either and maybe didn't say things quite that bad, but I mean, you remember some of the things that he was saying about the women. So, um, you know, I kind of had flashbacks, but the difference is that I didn't go off like, like Lindsay did. I just kind of kept my cool and, and kind of held it back a little bit. Um, so I think that definitely got her in big trouble. And there was even a moment where Kelly was in the water talking to the other three and she was saying, you know, Lindsay's like the root, you know, most disrespectful, respectful person or something along those lines. So I think there was more that we didn't see, um, you know, that was going on with her. Yeah. Dale, did you agree with that decision? Yeah. Um, Rodney would have been an easy vote. I mean, it's kind of hard to isolate because you look at what happened with the tribe swap. Cause if, they would have got rid of Rodney and the tri- tribe swap. Then Sierra and Lindsay would have went. And then Mike and Kelly or Mike and Dan would have really been on the out. So, um, God, Lindsay did a blow up over morals, which in survivor, you don't have morals. That's why you're there. You're trying to lie, cheat and steal. So, mm-hmm. um, and, but yeah, Rodney to go off on tattoos, complaining about Lindsay's tattoos when he's got tattoos. I mean, come on. Um, he he was my obvious vote to get off just for the fact that he was being a complete tool in the game. I mean, he was, (laughs) he was, but, um, they were trying to break up the two girl vote. Um, and I, I don't know. I was surprised. I thought Rodney would have been going home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Rodney ultimately stays in the game. Sierra ends up getting upset. And, you know, you see what happens with, you know, Dan and Rodney sort of like reading her the, the riot yeah. act. Uh, yeah. What's your take of Dan as as the representative of the older guys this season? Uh, you know, I like Dan to begin with. I uh, but man, that guy goes from one extreme to the other. Who hasn't he pissed off yet? He's pissed off Rodney. He got he's went after Sierra and that sort of stuff. And. He goes, yeah, you suck at the challenge, all this sort of stuff. And then, oh, gosh, we need her vote. Now you got to apologize. People don't take apologies very well on Survivor. But I mean, he didn't apologize. Well, yeah, not really. <laughs> I mean, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, I did to you what you did to me, only I did it worse to you, so we're God. even. That doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and I think, and now. Now, hold on, hold on, Dale, though. Uh, okay. Since <laughs> when are you now the authority on how to apologize to people on Survivor? 
<laughs> oh well, that, I shouldn't be because I never apologized. <laughs> what I did maybe Dan could teach well, you a thing or two. <laughs> maybe so, but we'll see if his apology is accepted. I meant survivor or survivor apologies don't mean squat because <laughs> they have a way of coming back and bite you at tribal. So I I didn't apologize for everything I did. It was deliberate with thought. <laughs> okay. yeah. Maybe I should have answered this. But maybe here's the thing have. about apologies to me. It's it's like you don't have to mean it. I don't understand. Yeah, that's true. Like you're playing a game about lying and deception. Like why can't these people just apologize and and not mean it? And, and um, you know, just say, yeah, you know, oh, Sierra, you know, I'm so sorry. You were right. I was wrong. And then just say in the confessional, like not, you know, you, you it's the ideal time for an insincere apology because not only do you get to do the insincere apology you get to then say on camera like i didn't mean it when i made that apology i just said it so that they would um you know because it, it is survivor and everybody knows when you walk up and apologize to somebody they're still lying to your face yeah but dan wouldn't <laughs> even do that yeah and everybody knows you see through the apology he's like nobody's business they don't apologize you did it on purpose i'm not gonna i'm not gonna trust you again so. yeah but the difference with dan is that like like rob is saying he could have at least apologized and if sierra doesn't believe it she doesn't believe it she probably wouldn't but the fact that he tried to turn it into, well, you did this to me, so I did that's this to true. you. That's so much worse, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it worse than, it's almost worse than not even apologizing because then it just kind of – he tried to turn it on her, which doesn't work with anyone ever, um, whether it be friends, family, relationships. So that was like the worst thing to do. And Mike I even agree. told him, like, just say sorry, just say sorry. And he still like was just so egotistical. He's like, no, mm, I can do it my way. He's just like, come on, Dan. Yeah. Don't, I, I agree. His apology was like, okay, here's my apology, why I did it, and then I'm going to do it again to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan does, says that he's an expert in dealing with women. <laughs> Everybody on this on this tribe uh, is an expert in dealing with women between Mike and Dan and Rodney. Oh, my God. Oh, what is that? What is he, an older Drew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all, oh. they're all good at dealing uh, with women. I thought that was so funny when Dan was, was like, so uh, like, Mike is like, no, you got to tell him. And he's like, listen, I've been, I've talked to women for like, who do you think you are telling me how to talk to women? I know everything. Uh, that yeah. Was really funny. That was Anybody who says funny. that automatically counts against, and I like Mike too, but anytime he goes, I know how to deal with women. Okay. Strike one. <laughs> right. That's like, that's like someone who says that they have all this money and then they like drive a nice car, but then they live at home. You're like, yeah, you're not, you know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. have the skills. Come on. Like, it's just like, you don't know. Yeah. You think, you know, but you don't. Uh, how about, uh, Rodney also Rodney said last night that he is Tom Brady. He's no, his, don't even go there. Don't he's even. Tom, go. He's Tom Brady. Uh, Uggs, or? Yes. Uh, so what do you, do you think that Tom Brady and Rodney have a lot in common now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about as much as I, I instead of Tom Brady, he's more like Dudley Do Right. I mean, they get back in the car, dude. God. They have they have absolutely nothing in common. Sorry, he that wants was to be like Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. he's not like Tom Brady. He wa- wants to be so badly. <laughs> So yeah. who, who so, is the Russell Wilson of Survivor this season? Oh, I don't think there's anybody on there that compares. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you have to say Joe, right? Come on. Joe is Joe the, Russell, the Russell, Wilson? Russell Wilson. I mean, of the no, people there. I, 
I'm going to go with Tyler. Tyler's impressed me. He's calm, calculating. He's ex- yes. he's taking his weapons in. He's collecting the castaways. Tyler is playing a very subtle game, and he's he, he's he's quarterbacking. He's managing the game. So if you want to go from a true manager yeah. like Russell Wilson, Tyler is the one. He's he, he's talking to the people. Okay, this person pissed him off. I'm going to go calm him down and bring him into my tribe. So I would go with Tyler. Okay, I still That's say Joaquin is the Mark Sanchez of the season. <laughs> 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 so he's gonna get, he looks like him. Yes. So he's going to get cut by every tribe after one or two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. He'll be crying soon. He'll be crying. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So now going forward, we have Sierra in this very interesting uh, spot, you know, a la Kelly in the uh, Kel- the uh, blue former blue collar Kelly uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, new uh, with the new red tribe. Um, so she's in a spot where she could stick with her old tribe or she can jump to the other side. Kelly, w- what do you think Sierra is going to do? Do you think that she will uh, stay loyal or is it going to be too delicious to burn the people <laughs> that she that that wronged her and go with these other groups? Oh, Joaquin and Rodney will be too delicious for her not to to work with. Um, yeah, I, I don't. She's not sticking with blue collar. I don't think. I think they burn that bridge too badly. Um, and again, you know, Dan didn't apologize. Like it's there's all these things that they could have kind of mended before the swap, and it didn't happen. Um, and so I think just the way she was complaining to those other three guys, I think that she will definitely jump ship if they if they go to tribal. Yeah. Dale, do you, are you on board with that? She'll jump ship? Yeah, I, I think she will. I think um, there was a lot of conflict with blue collar and that sort of stuff. And they were just trying. The only reason she bonded with the guys because she didn't tie up too much with uh, Sierra and Lindsay. A uh, little bit of age thing and that sort of stuff. And once they get to the new tribe, she'll leave the old blue collar alone. Yeah. She won't I, go back yeah. to him. I think it's one of the things they have to either do it or don't do it. Like, I don't think you can do the flirtation thing because at the second that you put it out there, Hey, I want to vote with you guys. And then you take it back and say, mm-hmm. psych, uh, you know, on second thought, I think <clears throat> I'm going to stay with my original group. Like you give the other people now the right to go in and say, Hey, do you know that, you know, Sierra was telling us that <clears throat> she was going to vote with us. Uh, and so you sort of like open that door and it's uh, a bit of a problem. It's yeah, it's it, like we went with Dan's apology scenario. If you're going to sell something, sell it and sell it with your heart and soul. You can't go out there halfway with a lie. Yeah. Or, you know, if halfway with it, you've got to be in it heart and soul and follow through all the way till you fall on your sword. And so, um, yeah, she's going to jump ship, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And she was also telling them everything, which I don't think I would have done no um but i think she was just very emotional about it you know this obviously happened right after their their tribal you know a day or something after so it was still fresh in her mind but i think she would have been better off um kind of feeling everybody out and seeing like what the other people were thinking or you know she doesn't know if those other two white collars are together or who's you know maybe one of them wants to jump ship so i think it was a little bit too soon for her to just be like revealing everything but um you know we'll see how it plays out because it puts you in the potentially the bad position of if both sides come together and say, well, let's just take out the swing vote. Um, you know, you do put yourself out there a, li- a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. she's not necessarily, 
I don't think um, better off strategically, or I guess it's it's debatable whether or not she's it, like she's on the bottom of either alliance. But right. is she putting her position, which is potentially safe at this point, into jeopardy by doing this flirtation with the other tribe? Like, what does she ultimately gain out of that? I guess we could say that we could argue that she knows she's at the bottom of the blue collar tribe and the other tribe, her position is unknown and potentially could be better, but also could also be at the bottom. Well, it'd be just, and Kelly's in the same position as like Carolyn. You'd look at it from one point. Okay. She already jumped ship and went after her old tribe. So we know she's her. You start questioning the loyalty. Because, you know, even coming into the new tribe, okay, she jumped ship from this one. Well, she jumped ship back again. So, uh, you, you know, you're, once you've put that out there that you're willing to jump from one tribe or one alliance to another, it's always in the back of somebody's mind that, okay, she can't be trusted 100%. But I don't think, but she's in a bad spot with blue collar, right? So even That's if true. they make the merge and they all go together, she, they might bring her along, but she's not winning. So I think... Like for me, I don't think I would have sat there and talked to all three of those guys together about like my sob story and what was going on. I think I would feel people out and then maybe take someone aside and see where they were at. I I don't know. I mean, you don't know unless you're out there, but I just think it was kind of a bad move to be telling all of that to all three of those guys and that you could see them kind of looking at each other. And um, yeah, I just didn't really like that too much. Yeah. Yeah. I still can't believe they left her alone with those guys. And that was stupid. Yeah, come on. Yeah, guys. it was. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. Um, stupid. Do you guys have a person that is your winner pick uh, for this season? I think I've kind of given it away who I think Tyler? is. Uh, yeah, Tyler's just um, from the first week or something like that. He just kind of sat back. I mean, the the very first episode when he had – Carolyn win the idol and he never mentioned it to anybody. Okay. He's put that piece of knowledge in his back pocket and he's saving it instead of going out and blabbing it to everybody. He put that in and then he did another thing. He goes, give me your tired, your poor, your, your cast offs. He goes, I'm going to bring them into my tribe and mull them into my own tribe. He's calculating. He's not put himself out there. He hasn't really made anybody mad. Um, he's, he's my, he, he's, he surprised me because I didn't, I didn't have him pick that high, but he's playing a very smart game from what I've seen so far. Kelly, are you on board the Russell Wilson, Tyler train? <laughs> I, well, I'm always on board the Russell Wilson train. Um, yeah, it's, Tyler actually has really surprised me as well. Um, you know, in the pregame interviews, I honestly didn't have high hopes for him, but he is playing a great game, I think. And like my dad said, he's just kind of hanging back, taking less information in, um, not making waves. I, I initially had Mike as my winner pick, um, and I still have high hopes for him. But I think that Tyler is a good contender as well for, um, for the million. Well, let's just try to take a step back and sort of just try to figure out where is this going? Um, it, because I think ultimately what we're going to start to see is, uh, you know, w- you know, especially if Shireen goes out next, uh, mm-hmm. I think that white collar is going to be less of a factor here. And are, is this ultimately going to be shaping up to be a blue collar versus no collar after we get to the merge? And how does that ultimately shake out? And 
are people like Tyler and Joaquin and maybe Carolyn, are they set up to sort of be like the Malcolm and Denise? And we always talk about that season in the Philippines uh, with the two people left from Matt Singh where, you know, you had Penner's tribe and Scoopin's tribe. They were sort of like, you know, uh, busy with their own thing and nobody Mm -hmm. was worried about Malcolm and Denise and they were able to sort of just go to the end. Um, In the final four, at least, do you think that potentially we could see blue collar and no collar start to focus in on each other and sort of forget about the guys like the Tyler and the Carolyn's of the world. Dale, what do you think? I, I think that's very possible just for the fact I, and I think uh, Carolyn would probably be the first one to get attention just because she's a little bit more vocal so far than what Tyler is and depends on how far, um, if the, um, the no collar tribe or red tribe keeps losing how many people they lose and in what order they lose. Um, cause Tyler's on, which tribe did he end up with? I can't remember. I would just went brain. He's with the, he's yeah. with the blue guys. Okay. So Tyler's got a better chance of going deeper just because they're the stronger physically team right now. And so, um, if the no collar loses a couple and Tyler makes it to the merge, if they, Tyler can make it to the merge, I can see him going very, very deep or even winning just because he's not making the waves. And once he gets together, he can start building an alliance a lot stronger, I think, than what Carolyn can. Um, yeah, and I think adding on that, and, and like you're saying, Rob, with the, the kind of two bigger tribes, um, it, especially looking at their personalities. So you have the no-callers, which have a, a lot of people left, four people, and they're really laid back, right? And then you have mm-hmm. the blue-callers, who have five, and they're very like, work, work. I mean, not all of them, but most of them. Um, I almost see those people kind of clashing. And, you know, like you said, the white collar is potentially kind of fading in the background, um, especially if Shireen is gone and you just have Tyler, Carolyn, and Joaquin. I mean, maybe Joaquin makes it even further than I thought. I thought he would be out very early. So. I did too. Yeah. yeah I'm very I think surprised. There'll be, there'll be a lot of blow up um, between – if the merge happens and, and Will comes into the mix, I think there's going to be a big dust up between the blue collars working hard and depends on how well Will blends in with the blue collar. But the blue collar seems to have a lot more of the arguments going on within the tribe. Yeah. So they might self-destruct a little bit just within themselves and split their alliance. We already saw it with Joaquin and Rodney breaking away from Dan and Mike. So mm-hmm. there's going to be fractures within that tribe. So you might not, the collars are going to dissolve pretty quick. And like I say, the white collars are probably just going to kind of blend into the background due to the fracturing within the tribes themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to uh, in San Juan del Sur and ultimately the episode oh, where no. you get voted out, Dale, because I always <laughs> felt like it was a bad move that Josh and Reed uh, could have thrown that challenge oh. and they could have voted out Jeremy. And they didn't, and ultimately, then they send uh, you guys back. Yeah. Uh, you guys back to uh, tribal council. But I feel like if they were playing it the best possible way, I think you throw that challenge, and then you vote out Jeremy in that spot because he's your competition. And you're heading into the merge. Do you think that potentially the people on the blue collar tribe will take a look at what the chessboard looks like, um, and well, will they say potentially? And this is assuming that they have Sierra back. They feel good about having Sierra back in the fold. Should they throw a challenge to potentially vote Joe out uh, and say to Sierra, one, this is going to help our chances because this thing is going to shape up. This is going to be 
no collar versus blue collar. If we cut the head off the snake, because I have to say it in every episode, <laughs> then we can then really hurt the no collar people. Kelly, should they do that? Uh, well, I think that the no collars are, are a big threat. I mean, you have very tight Joe, Jen, uh, Haley, and then, you know, Will's kind of just in there, but he's just along for the ride at this point. Um, I think that is a very interesting thought that you get rid of Joe. Um, he is very physical, but the thing is there are so many physical guys on that tribe now that I, gosh, I don't know. Sierra's the wrinkle. That's really the one because you don't know if she's loyal or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because like say she's she's jumped from the blue. So she'll be coming over. But I think uh, like Kelly mentioned, uh, Joe and Hallie and Jen are so tight. Um, You know, they've they've got their own little alliance and no callers that are working pretty good together. Um, But but the new blue tribe doesn't know that. So no, they don't. But yeah, throwing a challenge. If anybody's got any survivor knowledge whatsoever, Throwing a challenge has, I, I talked to Drew, throwing a challenge has never been good <laughs> results. And you went back to our tribe and I spent a lot of time talking with Josh. That's why him and Reed didn't do it because it never turns out good because tribal is never good. It, there's too many surprises in it. And factor in, you didn't know somebody was going to quit or something like that. There's so many things that happen. So um, throwing tribals just, God, very seldom does it ever show up to be a good I think yeah, but it. sometimes it does. It like it's the, the, not like it never works. There are times where it where it's bad, but I do feel like post tribe swap. If you're ever going to do it, this is the time to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And I'm not saying I'm not arguing for it uh, for these particular people because I think that Sierra is too much of a you know on the fence to you know to really count on her. But let's say hypothetically that was Kelly in her spot and not Sierra. The move I think would definitely be to go ahead and make that move and take out Joe. Yeah. yeah. Be, because like, say, cause when you look at how their tribe is sweat up, you got set up, you got Joe and Hallie and Jen, all of a sudden it's a block of three mm. and you, you've, you've got to do something to break up that three. Yeah. So and that, also you're protecting Kelly potentially because that she could be the next person to go. Cause if you don't do it to them, they could do it to you. They yeah, might be throwing true. the challenge to vote out one of your allies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, like, say you've got the it with the di- tribe swap or the blue collar, white collar, no collar. It kind of brings in a redemption island type because you've got three different alliances that were built up. Now you've got it down to two. So how quickly are going to sell? Are they going to hold to their three alliance? You know, so you've got several different alliances in history that you got to factor into each vote. Are they going to stack with their? original caller they're going to go with the new tribe the new people they've met so um so so rob are you saying if the four blue collar on that tribe decide to throw it so that there's only the three so their four votes go against the three which would be joe joaquin and tyler yeah i would say follow this scenario well i would say that uh should they at least should they consider it i i don't i think the answer is that they shouldn't because sierra is too much of a swing vote Uh, But that being said, if it was Kelly that was with them and not Sierra, I think they should do it because they could take out the person who is the leader 
of their mm-hmm. rival, all the the people that it you know at some point it's going to be no collar versus blue collar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Well, but now you have the Joaquin and Rodney bromance, which, you know, they're probably talking about fast cars and women or whatever they talk about. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe Rodney's jumping ship now. It's like this tribe is so there's so many things going on. It's no one's really sticking together except for Dan and Mike. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And and Dan and Mike, they've kind of you go back to what they did with Sierra. They shot their lines in the foot by you know, the no apology and that sort of stuff. Cause they lost Rodney and it looks like he's doing a, a bro thing with uh, Joaquin. And so all like say that the blue tribe is starting to fracture from within. Yeah. Um, and that's going to yeah. be tough. And like, say like you was going, Rob, if Kelly was there, Kelly was solidly with Mike and Dan. Yeah. And it might be a different story. And that might be a different story. Cause now they're losing Rodney. But if, Kelly and Sierra would happen to be swapping places and Kelly would have been there. That gives them block of three that they could go for. But now they're losing Rodney. Um, and I don't think Joaquin's going to go in and vote with Rodney. They might go off on their own and Rodney jump over. I can't see. I don't know. It's tough. Um, Too many scenarios. Rodney for a couple. Yeah. Put up with Rodney for a couple votes or as long as you can and then get rid of him. I hope we have one more episode and then we get to the merge. That's what I I'm hoping so. for. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'd like to have to have it. Yeah. I think that the earlier they merge, the better, I think, on Survivor now at this point in time. <laughs> yes. I, I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it used to be at one point it was like the first this part of the game, like pre-merge. This is, what, you know, where, where it's at. But now, uh, you know, and then it would get predictable after the merge. But now I almost feel like, uh, you know, sometimes it can be predictable pre-merge. And now after the merge was where we start to see our shakeups. Well, and uh, I think- unless it's San Juan Dilser. And then- <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's also why they do the tribe swap because of the fact that pre-merge was getting so predictable because within the first one or two episodes, you saw a four or five person alliance and they were solid. All we got to do is make the merge. All we got to, cause that's everybody's goal. We got to make the merge. So now in the, the previous, the first six weeks, they do a swap to break up that predictability. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the three tribe format, I do think that the merge is especially yes. unpredictable because there's not yes. one block that's big enough to really mm-hmm. just carry the day. Yes, you, you've got them. You got, broke them down to six, tr- six, team, six person tribes. Mm-hmm. So they go through three swaps. All of a sudden, nobody can, can t- get enough people to carry it deep into the game. And then when you toss in a swap in the middle of it, that destroys any alliances because face it within the first six days you don't build a real strong alliance and all of a sudden you do a swap you're starting from game one so it's a game within a game within the game till you get to the merge like inception yes (laughs) let's take some questions from the listeners of the podcast Uh, a lot of of questions uh for you Uh guys all right are you guys Uh ready oh yeah we're ready all right here's a question uh for dale and kelly uh this is from uh, dalphil theodi uh mapagu wants to know (laughs) good job uh, on that have either of you ever witnessed any monkey sex on season one? Now, again, you, this is the same place that you guys were. Yeah. Did you guys see any of these monkey, this monkey business? No. Go ahead, Kelly. No, no I did not see any monkey sex, but we did see a monkey with really, really large uh, set of balls. So maybe yes. that was the one. Was that, that the was same one? one? <laughs> it might have been. I don't know. There was, he wa- yeah, was waiting was so long for this season. That's what happened. <laughs> Probably. He's a survivor yeah. show off. He's, the lion's not the king of the jungle. It's the big bald monkey. <laughs> yes. Now, are, 
uh, are the, either of these tribes now on the beaches that you guys played on? Can you guys tell? We I took the Natalie and Nadia at the start yeah. of the season. They felt like they could tell. Yes. Yeah, yes. white no collar, the red tribe right now, is on Hunapu. I can actually, there's even a tree where... Yes, the, you bet. <laughs> no, the wood, the wood is like scraped off, and that's because we had carved the, the days in the tree, and I noticed last night that it's like totally, like the bark's all missing, so they, they must have scraped that off so that... They didn't know we were there. So the producers have to come in sort of like a landlord and like they have to like, oh, the old <laughs> tenant, they just screwed this up. And then they paid the, the damage so. deposit. Yeah. <laughs> Them San Juan del Sur defaced our beach. But yeah, yeah, blue collars, they're sitting in the pond where we sat. Um, yeah. They gave some confessionals down where Jacqueline and I were uh, collecting slugs and snails. So yeah, I recognize the same thing. But like, so. aren't like all the like tree logs gone and stuff from all the stuff you guys cut down and, and they're like using, ba- they're using bamboo this year, uh, this season. But you know, what's crazy is I'm thinking like when I was on Hunapu and you know, I wasn't there obviously as long as a lot of the other people. Um, I mean, we had used so much wood for the fire that we were having to go, you know, farther out and farther out. So I'm just curious, like where the heck these people are getting their wood from? Because yeah, I mean there was nothing left. When That's why we Mike were there. has to work them so hard? It's a <laughs> long, <laughs> long walk. Fact, I, so. I, I I made sure to send Dan and Mike a message. So just so you know, I marked that tree before you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay, ma- okay, you men. God. Jeez. Is it you? Mar- you marked the tree. The, tr- the trees with your urine? Is that what you're saying? I, I, I'm not going to go that far, but... Oh my God. <laughs> I, this is too much. This is going in a bad direction. This is not good. Okay. <laughs> Made the monkey blush. Oh, right. God. <laughs> oh, Whoa. my God. Um, <laughs> all right. David okay, Cintron wants to know, <laughs> Kelly, is Will in a good position? He'll probably make the merge, and his threat level will be overshadowed by the more physically fit guys and strategic minds out there. I see him possibly getting to the final five and beyond. So, Kelly, uh, what about uh, the birthday boy, Will Sims 2? <gasps> Will! I know what it's like to have a birthday. It's, that's awesome. He'll never forget it. Um, yeah, I think Will is in a great position now. I think Will is one of those people that the tribe swap really helped him. Um, I think he's going to be a non-factor. You know, once you get to the individual immunities and he probably won't be a threat and you're going to have all these buff dudes who could potentially win. I think he could definitely, definitely make it a lot further in the game than, than I thought. I mean, I thought he would be out of that tribe um, pretty early on. So yeah, I think he might make a pretty good run. You know, I have to say, and I haven't been the biggest, you know, Will guy this season, but <laughs> I do feel like he handled the, you know, getting votes at Tribal Council a lot better than Sierra did. Uh, he did. And, and yeah, again, he did. it was a bigger blindside by for, for Sierra, and her ally ended up going home. So it's not totally, you know, apples to apples. But he did get two votes, but he said, you know what? Like, you know... What, what else am I going to do? Like, I like, and, and you didn't see him after the tribe swap. You'd be like, you know what? Screw Jen and Haley because they put, <laughs> you know, they put a vote on me. What happened if Nina played the idol? I would have gone home. So screw them. I'm done with them, you know? And of course it helps probably that, you know, they've sort of set it up to people don't like white collar. Uh, you know, they're sort of like made out to be the bad guys, I think by the other two tribes, but I mean, it was good that he stuck with his original tribe and didn't hold that against them. 
Yeah, that was great. And I think I, we don't know how many seasons of Survivor he's seen. I think in his one of his interviews, he said he'd seen some of the first ones and stopped watching. So I think this may go back to that idea where, you know, someone who hasn't seen a ton of Survivor is maybe plays it a little bit differently because he did like he was great. I mean, that was perfect. He didn't freak out. He was like, we're still a tribe. We have to stay unified. And now, you know, look at him. He the, the swap was great for him. And he didn't make any waves, and now he's just kind of hanging back. And now he could be the the perfect person because he's not seen in a threat and a challenge, and or in the individual immunity challenge and that sort of stuff. You're going to see the big guys start going after each other. You know, um, there's quite a combination if you competition between Joe and Mike and Rodney and Joaquin. Once they get to the individual challenge and stuff, sort of stuff, they're going to be looking at each. Of those guys and like like you said rob they're going to overlook will so he could sneak pretty far just for mm-hmm. the simple fact he's not that big a threat in the game all right yeah. Mike, michael quigley wants to know does kelly hold herself to a higher standard uh now rodney talked about this with Lindsay <laughs> about the standard that men and women hold themselves oh, to uh that rodney would like to see women hold themselves to a higher standard than what men have to hold themselves to kelly do you hold yourself to that same higher standard yeah i would like to think so um i think i think what rodney was trying to say is that and i i'm not even going to say right but that women no matter who they are should just like respect themselves and like i I don't know he he just said it he was not he did not do a very good job of saying whatever was he was trying to say um but yes, of course, I hold myself to a higher standard. If I'll, I'll, I'll interject here. If women hold Uh-oh. themselves to a lot higher standard, Rodney's going to be a lonely man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yes, nailed it. Yes, good one. Good one. Yeah, just that whole conversation was so was so idiotic that they're, that they're fighting over to, to so get it, to get into arguments that have nothing to do with the game of survival. Survivor on the game it's dead i mean it's just amazing argue over strategy and that sort of stuff but to blow up over something that has nothing to do with it is i mean it kills you in the game yeah over yeah, what stupid. would happen if a girl breaks up with her boyfriend and goes to a club and what how people react to her and how she how she should handle herself and and uh you know I he's don't, basically saying like he doesn't think he should keep his pants on but like with, yeah. i don't know what the hell he's saying it's, it's like so weird and, and the bad thing is, it goes to show that they should. I know it played a part in the game because it came up in the tribal. It it did, and to bring it back up again in tribal again is, and that's why it surprised me that he didn't go home because he brought it up in tribal again, yeah. and then Lindsay ended up going home. I'm surprised. I go, dude, give it a rest. You proved your point. You know, quit talking about it because he came close to going home, and I don't think he realized how close at the time. I don't think he cares. <laughs> now. I, you guys are a uh, a parent and child team, uh, and and you guys have uh, a a fun relationship. Rodney talks about his relationship with his mom, <laughs> about how you know his best friend is his mom. Uh, he, he talked about how you know she's uh, oh she's sixty four and she's hot, and uh, you know people are going to hit on her. Um, oh my god! <laughs> what I mean, what do you guys make of this relationship? Is this a healthy? Uh, mother mother son relationship, Dale. What do you think? I think there's some weird ass people in Boston. 
<laughs> Those East Coast hey, people have been Dale. in their houses too damn long. Get rid of the snow guys. Come Smart out to the West Dale. Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I, that, that, that's, I would never have made that statement. I never will make that statement, let alone put it out there on, on a TV show. I mean, that's just, that's just wrong on so many levels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, oh Kelly, God. is it a turnoff if you meet a guy that is that close with his mom? Um, it's a turnoff to meet a guy that's so full of himself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, I think I've definitely met men in the past that like talk to their mom every day and it's almost like gets to this weird unhealthy level. It's like, I understand that you want to speak to your parents, but it, it's sometimes it is a little bit too much. Like they don't need to know like when you went to the bathroom. So maybe tone it down. Well, I've heard that if you don't try to poop, then it'll never happen. <laughs> oh, <God>. That's <laughs> I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> That's what Shireen said. <laughs> oh God. I, tu- I tuned her out. I couldn't after the whistling. It was just like, I'm done. Yeah. Did after- you know, Shireen was such a good, she's such a talented person. <laughs> <laughs> that and being obsessed with watching monkeys have sex in the trees. I mean, that lady's got issues as well. Uh, well, in fairness to Shireen, I don't think there's anything else to do. That's true. I was just going to say, there's you got to occupy a lot of spare time. But I mean, that's just... It was just the excitement about it that was like, yeah, wow, it was, it was a little bit... I guess other than listening to Rodney around camp, it'd be something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What are your alternatives? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Uh, this is a question uh, from Martin uh, Leitz, and Martin wants to know, Dale, how would you react if Kelly uh, got a face tattoo? <laughs> oh. Have you given this any thought? <laughs> I have. I have too much confidence in my daughter to ever have her get a face tattoo. Although, um, I will. Uh, if she did, I would sit there and say, "What the? What the hell were you thinking?" <laughs> but. It's her decision. She's got to live with it, not me. I yeah. go, good luck in getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's I, exactly what he would say. Okay, well, let me ask you this question. This ties into uh, something else I want to talk about. And, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Minot wants to ask Dale uh, if he knows he's my hero and if I oh. can marry Kelly. <laughs> I, I mean, he's asking permission. <laughs> Good luck. Just remember, she said she's got higher standards. So yeah, <laughs> you won't find me at the club. I'm sorry. Okay, but now Dale, if Kelly wanted to date a Survivor contestant, there's and there's many eligible men in the Survivor date in the Survivor <laughs> dating pool. Would you would you approve of her dating a a former Survivor contestant, or do you think that she should hold herself to a higher standard? <laughs> I think she should hold herself to a higher standard because survivor contestants are lying, cheating sons of a bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good survivor contestants, but I mean, um, I, I would let her make that choice. She's a grown lady. She's proven it on San Juan del Sur. She's made great choices. So I'd leave it up to her. Okay. So That's sweet dad. Yes. And, and Kelly, is this uh, good news that you feel like your, your dad would approve of you dating a survivor <laughs> contestant? But uh, what about an amazing race contestant, Dale? Oh, I know how you man, feel about amazing the, race the, contestants. The, the, there's been some real, uh, 
winners on the amazing race as well. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, and not in the winners, in the winners category. Not in the winner, winner, chicken dinner sense. <laughs> no, I mean, by, by just narrowing down to survivor amazing race, that's a pretty shallow gene pool. <laughs> no, I mean, we're talking about like, uh, almost like, uh, like three or 400 guys. Yeah, I mean that's a shallow gene pool you're picking from. <laughs> yeah, is it? That seems, if that were an episode of The Bachelor, I mean that'd be a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it would. So you know. Yeah, um, or would you rather that Kelly found somebody from her favorite The Bachelor, <laughs> or the I guess it would be The Bachelorette, one of these uh, castoffs from The Bachelorette. I, I, I would have to leave it up to Kelly because I'm not a Bachelorette <laughs> fan. Okay. I, I think I've seen maybe one or two shows, so uh, I'm not too. I, I, I don't think Kelly would sell her marriage ring out for that less of money, for that little of money. I mean, that's, oh, whoa. Whoa. Because <laughs> you've never seen one of those work out, really? If the I mean, ring if was I, big enough. Like, is, if, is it like a dowry? What, what is this money? Well, but I, this marriage I don't think ring. I would, let's see, maybe sell is a bad thing, but she, she wouldn't put herself in that position because if, if my history is right or my reality show attention span works none of those have worked past 12 months to a year yeah months to 18 months hey some of them have made it work some of them are married with kids you never know Dad. oh okay that shows you how much i, I haven't fallen but most of them are go down in flames within six to eight months yeah yeah well it's not true. a great track record um, no it's not can we go back to rodney and uh his his dating <laughs> life for a minute that he said yes. something that i thought was very odd during the episode and he's talking yeah. about women and he says that two women burned him, he mentioned in the episode last night. Now, Kelly, do you think that this is literally or figuratively two women burned Rodney? Because I could see it going either way. Oh, my gosh. The visual is fantastic. Uh, oh, man. I, well, I think he meant that they burned him like emotionally. Um, but it is very possible that it was a physical thing. Dale, do you have a vote on this? <laughs> Only two. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we know it's not his mom because she still th- she's. He thinks she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yes. God. I don't think his mom burned him. But yeah, two yeah, different I women burned some him. Boston, some of these Boston people I have, I'm starting to have some issues with. <laughs> but you know what's so crazy about him saying that is like, we've all been quote unquote burned. Like, no, I'm sure there's nobody out there that's like had a perfect relationship. Maybe there's a few people that are high school sweethearts. But like, come on, you're not the only one, Rodney. That doesn't mean that you can act like that. It doesn't give you an yeah. excuse because you've you've been hurt or whatever by somebody. I mean, yeah. That's ridiculous. And, I, and I'm sure if you was to pull some of the uh, women of Boston with lower standards, that Rodney's burned more than two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, well, whatever happened with these two women, this is now an indictment <laughs> on the whole gender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Okay. They must have had some, uh, yeah, I don't know. Magical right. yeah. This is a question uh, for Dale uh, from Tim Connolly. Dale wants to know, uh, Dale, what felt the worst? Uh, seeing Kelly getting voted out, yourself getting voted out, or the last play of the Super Bowl? Oh. <laughs> what, was the, what was the worst? Come on, Dad, of make those the right choice things? here. <laughs> I, it, it was a 
interception last play of the Super Bowl because I've been able to rewatch Survivor and watch Kelly get voted <laughs> out. I watch me get voted out. I've yet to turn on the NFL Network yeah. and watch the last play of the Super Bowl. Never going to go back. Will. Never going to go back and watch that. <laughs> never going to go tape. back. I had to wear a Patriots hat because of that. Yeah. I mean, that was embarrassing. Now, does it does it make you even more upset to know that Rodney was probably celebrating <laughs> like uh, there was no tomorrow at that moment? Yeah, he he was he pulled his top best Tom Brady impression, I'm sure. So it's just you no, know, I didn't know Rodney at the time, so that doesn't bother me. A bit. It was just yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. It bothers me. I I have this image of him like on the couch with like twenty broads around him, as he would say, just like <laughs> acting like he, you know, he's like, "That's me, that's me." No, you're not Tom Brady. No, you're not Tom Brady. I, I, I we see won. We won. Run. No, you didn't win. He won. Okay. I, I see him running around in the bar doing chest bumps with 30 guys and just like him. All right. Here's a question from Michael quickly wants to know a uh, Dale and Kelly, uh, you know, they uh, had to work uh, with people they didn't get along with at camp uh, parentheses, uh, Missy and Baylor. What should Mike be doing uh, to not be so alienating around the camp uh this is an oh. issue of who's again and this came up on survivor san wandel sir uh specifically i think with you know uh we heard it a lot with uh with keith and with alec about who's not working and we saw a lot with uh, you know baylor doesn't do anything uh and we and this resurfaced last week uh with mike calling people out about people's work ethic now now that you guys have come out of the season of survivor uh what just how bad is Mike handling this or uh, is he just saying what needs to be said? And cause it looked like it didn't hold, you know, hurt him this week. Well, I think I, the thing is that I, I know there were times on the tribes I was on Hunafu or Koyopa, whichever one it was at the time, you know, there were times where like, I just knew what needed to get done. Like there needs to, we need to get more wood. And like, I would just do it. And I didn't expect other people to do it because I know that not everybody is going to have the same work ethic as me. But I also know that me pestering them or badgering them about it is just going to put a target on my back. So, like, I get where Mike is coming from, but I think in this case he just needs to say, like, you know, hey, sorry, I was just having a moment. Like, I'm super hungry or something. And and just, you know, do his thing. I mean, it's not always fair. It's not. And you no. going into it, it's not going to be fair. But you just and do it anyway. I'll, I'll agree with Kelly because I had one of those and it was a uh, day three or something like that, a meltdown. And it, it just never made it that I was so close. I mean, I was going to lay in the camp, everybody, because uh, just of the fact that there wasn't that much going on. But like Kelly says, if I, I was born that way, if you see something or raised that way, when you see something, you do it, you don't beg it for help or anything. And I got mad enough that I left the camp and, um, I just took 45 minutes and I took a nice long walk because if I would have stayed in that camp, I would have had a mic moment and, <laughs> and I knew it was not going to take me far in the game because I was, I, as the older guy, I was on the chopping block already, or I was one foot point that way. And also I wasn't fitting in with everybody just, or trying to work your way into alliances. It was early in the game. So you have to watch your tongue just for the simple act simple fact as i mentioned earlier it takes so little to get you voted out on survivor an odd comment here or an odd comment there is all it takes as soon as you whack a mole you raise your head up a little bit too far you're the next one out did you say whack a mole yeah haven't you, you know the game where you, 
Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about warts. I'm sorry. I didn't know we were talking about moles. My bad. So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to get you noticed and put your name on the voting block in Survivor. So, um, you at a lot of things, you come out of Survivor with your tongue chewed to hell because you've bitten your tongue so much. Yeah. Or you should be. Yeah. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean you would handle differently going forward, Dale. Like, uh, if you were to play again, would that change how you would approach it? You know, it takes an extreme, and I will give all the props to anybody who's won or goes so deep into the game because you have to play Survivor different than you live your life. I mean, if you because that's it. You have to separate yourself. You have to know going in, this is a game, so I have to dial back this aspect of my life so it doesn't dominate or piss people off. And that's the tough thing to do in Survivor because at one point you have nothing else than what you've been raised with and you revert to habits and uh, you have to keep remember Survivor's a game. So when you do have to tone back your work ethic, well, I'm not going to just tell yourself, I'm not going to be the guy to do all my work because they're going to look at you as a leader and leaders get chopped. So you tone it back a little bit. And that's very tough when you see nobody else doing anything and like with my tribe, when you see nobody else doing something and something needs to be done, you do it, that puts a mark on you. So it, it's tough. It's And that's the beauty of the game, too. Okay. Here's a question from Sophie Clark. And I got this question from a number oh. of people. Um, okay. But let me ask you uh, the Sophie version of it. Wants to know, Dale, what was the inspiration <laughs> for the name FarmGuy69? <laughs> of course, one of the most popular Twitter handles around. <laughs> I'm a farmer. I'm born and raised on the farm. At age 10 is when I got my first solo motorcycle that I could race on. So I started racing and doing dirt biking at age 10. And that would, is it, would have been in 1969. Okay. So it was like a, uh, a real like a summer of 69 type summer deal. Summer of 69, I got my motorcycle. I was freewheeling with my short hair. I was only 10 years old playing in the breeze and that's my story and i'm sticking to it (laughs) (laughs) that's the clean version yes yes okay uh let's uh take another (laughs) take another question uh mark durant wants to know what other twitter names did dale consider before going with his ultimate choice that was it that was the only one i could ever got (laughs) okay (laughs) all right um, this is from Sarah. Sarah Middendorf says, uh, what are your opinions on Mike? The first three episodes painted him as a hopeless outsider, but yesterday he seemed to be in a good place. So which is he? Which is the real Mike? The guy we saw for the first three weeks or the guy we saw for two hours last night? Kelly. Ah, I mean, I think he's a mix of both. I think, I think maybe Mike has realized he needs to tone, tone it down with the whole getting wood and and kind of freaking out thing. So I like, even from his pregame interviews, I got a good vibe. I thought he was just like a good dude. Like he just seemed like a guy that would, would help people and go to the end and people would vote for him because they like him. So like, I think we've seen all of the, the craziness from Mike. And I think moving forward, we'll see more of what we saw last night. Yeah. Um, I depends on how well they mix once they get to the white collar, once they get to the swap, if he can, um, if he's learned from past mistakes, um, I like Mike a lot. He was Mike and Dan and, uh, Sierra actually were a couple of my pregame favorites. Um, like I say, it depends if he can learn from his mistakes. Uh, he had a blow up with Rodney, um, 
Uh, it depends on how he mixes well with the the no callers. Once they depends on how many of those come over because the work ethic and the no work ethic, no rule type thing. How well that meshes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's uh sometimes hard to tell with uh, this pre-merge stuff, but specifically the pre-merge stuff in the three tribe uh, seasons, because basically we have about 11 days of stuff that happened before the, before the swap and cut it down to four episodes and then, you know, divide that time by three. So roughly we got to see about somewhere in the neighborhood of between like, 20 to 30 minutes of what happened in the lives of the blue collar people uh, over 11 to 12 days. And Mm -hmm. and it's possible we could have just seen, you know, all of the conflict that happened. Whereas in, you know, you know, 11, 12 days, there was a good, you know, 20 minutes to an hour of when Mike was fighting with the other people in his tribe. But because that was the best TV, that's what we saw. And it's entirely possible that we did not get a clear picture of how life was at that camp. And when you break it down even farther, you say, okay, of what we saw, the blue collar tribe, the only blue, the only blow up we saw from Mike was the one thing about wood. And that was about a 45 second clip. So out of that 11 days, there was maybe five or 10 minutes that they've edited down to the 45 seconds. So for the 11 days they've spent together to have a two or three minute blow up, that's nothing. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think we saw more fighting from Rodney, right? Because he got into it with Dan, he got into it with Lindsay. And yeah. I think, you know, Mike did show that, you know, when he said to Dan, like, you need to apologize. You know, he is showing that he's not just going to fight with everybody. I think for me, like, Rodney is more of the one that's going to be trouble. Yeah, Rodney carried on a lot. Mike had his little blow up, but Rodney carried on a lot farther, uh, making faces and that sort of stuff behind Mike after it was over and stuff. And, um, yeah, he's just the ultimate bro guy. Hey, bro, bro. And that's just, I just don't get along with those. I mean, I just, <laughs> you don't like it along with the ultimate bro guys. Were there any bro guys on, uh, was, I guess, uh, Drew and Alec, were they the bro guys? Drew, Drew and Alec there? were the bro guys. I mean, I could just imagine getting Drew and Rodney on the same place. Oh I my mean, God. That would just be, Oh geez. <laughs> Drew, Drew and John were bad enough. Trust me. So. Yeah. It was John yeah. a bro guy. Oh my God. Yeah. He, yes. he was a bro guy. Yeah. He was bro guy. Yeah. yeah. When he, at least when he was with Drew, when he wasn't with Drew, he was better. But when he got together, yeah. it was just like those fratty boys that like, can't yeah, it was, themselves. It, it was a 40 year old frat. <laughs> they weren't 40, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, John was. John was. No, I'm not John. talking about John Rocker. I'm talking about oh, John Oh, Mitch. John Rock. Okay, sorry, John Mitch. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, John <laughs> Mitch is I had a John on my tribe, too. Yes. I know. All right. Well, speaking true. of John, uh, Blue Bear wants to know, who's more offensive, uh, <laughs> Dan, Rodney, or John Rocker? <laughs> uh, Rodney, for sure. Yes. Rodney more offensive yes. than John Rocker, even. Absolutely. Look, I, I and I will stand by this, and Dad was on the tribe with him, so he probably has a better idea, but... Like, John Rocker wasn't that bad. And the one blow-up that you saw, like, Natalie, I love her, but it really was started by our tribe. And so, you know, he took it for as long as he could. And then, you know, being who he is, he's going to say something. Anyone would have said something. It's just that he took it to the the extreme. Um, 
like, I don't think he was offensive, though, like around camp, at least from what I've heard. He's just better at it than what Natalie was. Natalie's good. Give her credit. But I'll back up what Kelly said. We took it for three straight weeks of them attacking John and never said a word back. Every time we walked into reward challenge, after we voted Naughty out, after we voted Val out, every time we walked in, Natalie and Jeremy just laid into rocker hammers and nails left and right. And it wasn't until that one challenge that John finally came back at him. So I will defend John. I got along great with him. It was just that one challenge where they showed him where eventually he says, look, he goes, I'm a professional uh, trash talker. And that's when he let loose with everything. So no, he, John was not offensive in the least. He was defending himself and I backed him a hundred percent. But Rodney on the other hand is very offensive and thinks very highly of himself. And you know, is says whatever. All right, so let's rank Rodney, Dan, and John Rocker. Rank them one, two, one, two, three from uh, least offensive to most offensive. I would say one, two, three, just the way you put it. I'd put John. I got along great with John. The so whole John time. Rocker less of uh, Dan more is more offensive than John Rocker. I, I don't think no. I don't think Dan is more offensive. I think Dan. Oh, Dan just seems very confident hmm. in. I, I would, I, I would know. actually go with just the way you were listening to him, Rob. I, to this day, Rocker did nothing wrong on that island. So Rocker, and then Dan, and then <laughs> and then Rodney. Rodney? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, was, was it Dan's uh, mantis that were the offensive thing he did? Well, that ranks up there pretty That's good. Up there. Uh, <laughs> Dale, were you glad that there was not uh, a lot of people getting naked on Survivor during Sam Wandel, sir? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have done. I mean, I have no problem with it if you want to go naked and that sort of stuff. But uh, I can see why Tyler's adverting his eyes a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's not necessary. It's not. It's not, necessary. It's, not it's, necessary. it's for attention. It's not. It's necessary. for attention. You're trying to make your other tribe mates uncomfortable. Is in my opinion, that's exactly what you're doing. You're trying to throw them off your game and that sort of stuff. And it's. You know, if you want to do it, great. It's part of the game. It adds for interest and that sort of stuff. But um, it can also come back and put a target on your back a mile wide or on your bare butt, whichever way you want to put it. (laughs) Uh, What about uh, Max putting his uh, feet with the wart in the pot (laughs) with the drinking water? Is 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 that like was he um, was it an emergency? Should Max get a pass on that? Does the boiling water does that just fix uh fix everything kelly aren't you, aren't you supposed to pee on that if you get like a stink like a that's temper- a jellyfish oh okay what about a wart um, do you pee on a wart is that how you mark it Dale? is that how you mark the wart you no know, you, you pee on a tree you don't pee on your pot besides <laughs> i i watch people put their underwear in a pot and boil them and we hadn't taken showers in 15 days so putting your foot in the pot is no big deal no big deal I mean, every if anybody who's sent, been there, you know, you put any piece of clothing that you you boil your clothes in there. So what's about a dirty foot? I, I think mean, I think part of the problem is that they already didn't like Max. They didn't they didn't like him or Shireen. So that on top of it was just like another thing. Like they were know, just if looking. Jen, if Jen had done that, it'd been like, oh no, Jen's foot. But because it was Max, I think that was part of the problem. They were just looking for something to pick at. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty gross. Max's though. wart I mean, was that what they were going to pick at? Yeah, see, see, I was trying to... Thank you, Rob. You picked up on that one. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm trying to forget that. So, Dale, you would, you would drink the water from the Max Wart uh, pot? Uh, well, no, I'd 
dump it out and boil me some more water. <laughs> oh, you, you, but you would use the pot, though. You, you, you would, I would not use be, a pot. Okay. I mean, after a while, oh after a while, you get hungry enough to eat slugs off the bottom of logs. What's <laughs> a warty foot? Yeah. Did you eat a snake when you were out there, either of you? No. Would you? Would you eat a snake, Kelly? Oh, yeah, of course. I was starving. Of course I would. Okay. And Dale, you, no problem, right? Yes. Okay. Have you? <laughs> um, no, I never have. Yes. But on Survivor, you would eat, I mean, surprise, when you're hungry, you'd eat just about anything. Just about anything. Okay. Um, let's take a question from Jeff McGinnis, who says, uh, akin to Max's reciting of winner's astrological signs, uh, what is the most useless piece of Survivor trivia you know, uh, and how could you have used it to get you to the end? I'll address this question to Kelly. <sighs> Kelly, is oh there a particularly God. useless piece of Survivor trivia that you know? Oh, oh my God. Gosh, and no, I'm not a good. I'm I'm not that much a Survivor nerd. I can name some of the shows, but I can't name episode one from season this and this. I have a hard yeah. time remembering locations. Yeah, I think uh, like I've seen every season. I haven't gone back and watched every season. I certainly don't know all this, all these little details that Max knows. So I like like Dad saying I can't even remember. I don't even think I could put the seasons in order completely. No. So I like I don't. I don't have anything. I'm sorry to disappoint. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not that much of a useless trivia gatherer, I guess. What about Seahawks sucks. trivia? What about if you were out there with another uh, Seahawks fan? Would you just go, like, go through just like all the whole 39 days, just be talking about Jimmy Graham? We got Jimmy Graham now. <laughs> uh, like, or I still can't no. believe why didn't they run the ball? Oh, like, would that just be, would that have been your uh survivor you and you, you and the seattle shireen uh that, that well we would talk but even then no i don't want to talk about the super bowl i don't want to you talk would, about that, that would be a turnoff then that would be a turnoff what if it was a year ago about, a year ago would you just talk about like do you do you remember the super bowl oh yeah oh no, yeah if I, if I would have been on a denver bronco fan he would have been punching me in the face in two days <laughs> <laughs> much like you do to rodney right now right that's much yeah so um <laughs> You would try and stay away. You try and stay away as much as Lindsay should know by now. You try and stay away from hot topics that push somebody's buttons, unless you're trying to piss them off and put a target on their back. No hot takes. No hot takes. Yeah. (laughs) No hot takes. All right. John Johnston wants to know, uh, Dale, if you and Kelly went on the amazing race, uh, how would you guys do? Oh, would you be would, would you be persona pretty, non grata after your comments about the amazing race in the past? Um, we would probably do pretty good as long as we didn't do anything in the water. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, listen, Rob. We had a, a pre jury trip fiasco. Oh no! Oh, happened? Yeah. We, we Go probably, ahead, Kelly. Sh- we probably should not do any sort of. Uh, river rafting together. Whitewater rafting. It was, <laughs> you don't put two captains in one small inflatable <laughs> boat, especially yeah. when neither captain knows shit. <laughs> Wait, who are the two captains? Me and dad. Okay. We both, the guide put us both in a whitewater inflatable raft and pushed us down the river. And we sunk that damn thing more times and got it stuck on every rock and log. No, because dad would be second. like, dad would be like, push off, push off. And I'm like, I'm pushing. And he's like, put your oar up, put your oar up. I'm like, my oar's up. And he's like, no, you need to turn. And I'm like, dad, shut up. Like, oh my gosh. Eventually really the guide left us on our own. He, we, he tied us, he tied our raft to the back of his raft. And then he 
cut the rope and said, we'll see you at the bottom. He took off and left wow. us. Wow. Welcome to the bottom. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'd be okay as long as- We'd be okay. We uh-huh. rafting, yeah. Uh, let me let me ask you guys about this uh, pre-jury trip that I have you guys on the line here. So so who's on the, who's on this trip? So we got it says Na- uh, Nadia, you got yeah. Val, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, who else? Drew, Dr- okay. John, Drew, and Julie. John, Julie. Okay, Ju- oh Julie is with you guys. <laughs> yeah, and then Rock, yeah, Rocker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So then. Uh, who else is there? And then, and then that's, Kelly that's and Dale. It. Kelly and Dale. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, just give, give me a sense of what an average day is like uh, with this trip. It's always fun to hear about these pre-jury trips. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. You got You get to listen to Nadia walk around a crowded restaurant, cussing at everything in sight at the top of her lungs when you're trying to keep a low profile. Um, uh, the bar's probably already ran dry between Drew and John. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What can we say on air? Um, let's um, see. <laughs> Um, they try to keep us busy with activities, so I that feel was like good. That these these pre-jury trips, I think this would be a great like oral history of like the pre-jury trips of Survivor because every single one is <laughs> a, is a complete debacle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and when you have Drew Christie with you, I mean. The the crazy things are endless. So yeah. Uh, just, so what was, was Drew bummed out about uh, losing on Survivor? No, was it, no, no, no. He did, no. couldn't care less. Yeah, he was excited. He was pumped up to be on on vacation. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the yeah. single women of Costa Rica will right. never be the same. Like it goes either way. You get people that are either like depressed, like oh I lost, and then you us. get and then you get people that are just like woo. Yeah, party. He, he got to party in Costa Rica for right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you get. I mean, it really. There are people that really just take it like, whoa, like uh, you know, people that are like, you know, whether they're you know, you've married people that are like, okay, my, you know, my spouse doesn't know what's going on here. Like, it really gets. It, it's it's really crazy because you're totally like, um, for three weeks, it's. Yeah. You are just like off the grid. Like you're not allowed well, to call home or anything. Yeah, well, you, it's, you it's have brutal. you have no. You're. I mean, you're. You have no name. You're in a third world country with no name and uh, two chaperones that <laughs> really suffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these people that you can't pay them enough money to do that. Do no, that no, job. I mean, it's just. Uh, it check into a motel and the motels aren't right. And people are kicking and throwing luggage across the room. Cause it's too far from a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. And, and, and that was true. a true story. And we won't, we won't mention names. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, the one, one day, the greatest, uh, the greatest book ever written, uh, the, yeah. the, the oral history of the survivor pre-jury trip. This pre-jury is a great idea. Trips. Yes. Oh, if they just put a camera crew with, I mean, talk about it's, something, a camera yeah. crew with a pre-jury trip would just be. No, it would ruin amazing. it though. It would ruin it. The, the, <laughs> whole, really the whole reason why people get so crazy is because there's no record of this. It's just like, you're, and you, you're not even supposed to talk about it. It's, a, it's, a, tre- it's a tremendous therapy session. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Dale and Kelly, uh, a- anything else going on that you guys want to talk about in Survivor um, or out? I don't, I mean, dad, I don't think so. What do you have? No, just, just normal stuff going on now. Um, still, still up and down or wishy-washy on this season, how it's going to turn out it. The first couple episodes were kind of blah. And 
So we'll see if they can, uh, I don't know, with the all-guy tribe, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Rob, do you think this is the best season ever? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's, it would be easy to say any season was the best season ever after four four episodes or five episodes. So okay. yeah, yeah, definitely, I would not say it's the the best season ever. I do feel like uh, that the two hour episode last night was great, and yeah, was uh, I'm more excited uh, today than I was two days ago because I felt like coming <laughs> off of you know two episodes that you know I liked I liked Vince and I was sad to see him go and then I thought that the Nina episode was just kind of uh, a predictable boot so yeah I feel like uh, now that we're in the tribe swap I know the merge is around the corner so I'm very excited well coming okay. off a predictable boot and monkey sex from last week last night's was a lot better yes yes all right well, well Dale Kelly of course uh, we know that Dale is on Twitter he's at farm guy 69 uh, any been tweeting about anything good lately Dale Oh, not too much. Just on Survivor and stuff. Trying to keep my nose kind of clean. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> are, are you tweeting about the season? Yes, I am. I got a couple. I'm uh, in contact with some of the contest or castaways from this year and that sort of stuff. Yes. So, um, uh, it's nice to stay in touch. I mean, they're giving me a bad time about the island. I go, look, we was there first, so we ruined it for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, of course, you can follow uh, Kelly. Uh, Kelly, you're just at Kelly Wentworth. Yep, just okay. very easy. No, no, sixty nine in there. Sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> all right. So uh, there you go, and you can uh, follow Kelly and all of her emoji on Twitter at yeah. kellywentworth.com. Uh, all right, great job, guys. This was a lot of fun. It was. Thank, fun. Thank you very you. much, hey, Rob. I enjoyed it. Hashtag. Oh, uh, well, see, some of that I don't come up with that until the second half of the show. But what what do you oh. want the hashtag to be? No. Oh, I'll we'll we'll leave it up to you. <laughs> Well, all right. Uh, if you have a suggestion, this is this is uh, you know speak now or forever hold your uh, hashtag. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see what comes up in the second half of the show. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Take care, guys. Okay. Thank thanks, you. Rob. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. Dale and Kelly back on the podcast together this time, and I thought they really did a great job. Very fun to talk to both of them, and uh, hope to do it again sometime in the future. Next up on the podcast, we like to get into the voicemails. We're going to talk about the social media and everything that happened this week on Survivor. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this podcast. And this is a new sponsor, uh, first time mentioned on the podcast. And so we want to welcome Retail Me Not is a website. Of course, a lot of you guys have used that in the past, myself included. When you're online shopping, doing that last second, like, oh, I need a coupon code. Uh, and you Google up Retail Me Not. But but Retail Me Not has an app, which is a lot easier to use than going ahead and trying to Google and search for these coupon codes because with the app from Retail Me Not, you'll get thousands of coupons from 50,000 stores all in one place, places like Kohl's, Domino's, Best Buy, all with amazing deals like 60% off, free shipping, free gifts with your purchase, and more. You are going to be living like you're a white-collar person and spending like you're a blue-collar person. You can get a text invite to download the free Retail Me Not app right from your smartphone. All you have to do is text RHAP to 42767. That's 42767. Then you can redeem coupons right from your phone whenever you're checking out. It's that easy. So Retail Me Not is the best way to have thousands of coupons on your phone so you can save money. So text RHAP to 42767. You'll get a text message with a link to download it. You'll never forget another coupon again. Text RHAP to 42767. 
seven. Then you'll get the link for the Retail Me Not app through. Rob has a podcast and they know that we were the ones that sent you over there. Message and data rates may apply. For terms and privacy, visit RetailMeNot.com. All right, everybody, let's get into talking about all of what you guys are saying on voicemail and the Survivor social media. And uh, we have a very fun guest uh, with us here today. This is somebody that I've become friends with over the last few months that he's been a listener of the podcast. He's a big Survivor fan. Uh, and he reached out to me that he is the composer for uh, Rick and Morty on Adult Swim on the Cartoon Network. And he is a big Survivor fan. He actually uh, has his own Survivor podcast, which just got off the ground, called uh, Snakes, Rats, and Goats. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, here is Ryan Elder. Ryan, how are you? I'm good, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, Ryan, which of your songs that you've composed for Rob as a podcast would you like to be introduced with? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How about how about on the spot this one this week in Survivor history with your host Jordan every kiss begins with K Fishbach yes now, is that you talking that on there is me uh, <laughs> I just pitched myself down to give it more gravitas wow that's I should do that <laughs> the whole pot yeah just pitch the whole podcast down yeah that's great that's great um so. Yeah, uh, great job on that. Everybody appreciates uh, the stuff that you've done for RHAP and great to talk to you uh, here on the podcast. Uh, we actually got together in, in person recently. It was nice to uh, have lunch and I got to know a little bit about your background uh, with, with the show, which I think is probably going to be interesting to uh, some of the listeners. Uh, how, how did you uh, become a Survivor fan? I mean, well, you know, I have always been into strategy games, um, you know, werewolf, mafia, whatever you want to call it. And then my big game was Magic the Gathering, which I played since college. I even played on the Pro Tour once. Wow. <laughs> and so I was, my wife and I uh, watched the finale of Borneo and then we watched um, Australia all the way through, kind of fell off after that, but I always meant to come back to it. And last summer we got back into it and watched, I think 15 seasons in one summer. Wow. Yeah. It was fun. Like evolution of strategy. A little bit. She yeah. an audio book. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, except for all the time to make that audio book in between each episode. Oh yeah. That's crazy, hard. man. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. All right. So, and your wife watches the show too, because uh, that yeah. must, that sounds fun. If your wife watches the show. Yeah. She's a big fan. Yeah. She's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and your wife didn't get burnt out with any of this stuff. She did right around, let's see, redemption Island. Okay. Uh, I a lot believe. of people did. Yeah. And I, I kept watching just for posterity, but I ended up liking a few of the seasons after that anyways. Okay. Uh, so. and then was there a resurgence? You know, we came back in, it's complicated, but we came back in for Philippines, I believe, and we've watched them live since then. But this summer we decided we'd catch up. Okay. So between Australia and Philippines. Okay. So there's a lot to, a lot to make up there. Uh, do you recommend that to people for a summer vacation? A summer staycation? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing better when it's hot, pull the shades down, cool drink, and about six episodes of Survivor in a row. <laughs> I'm going to pitch that to Nicole for uh, this, this summer. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get into talking about uh, your voicemails. I've got a lot of voicemails uh, today. And, let's do it. You know, it's funny that often that there's a theme 
for the voicemails. Not like a theme like you would write for the voicemails, but usually right. there's a theme for the voicemails of that most of the callers want to talk about one thing in particular. And I feel like uh, today the overwhelming thought of the voicemailers, and I listen to all of them, is people are interested in talking about the Max Dawson superfan factor. Um, now, yeah. I'm interested uh, to hear from you about uh, the curious case of Max Dawson. Yeah, you know, he kind of got an, uh, an Icarus edit, didn't he, where <laughs> he was reaching such great heights and such hubris. And yes, ah, man, I, I was a, I was a big Max fan. I was secretly rooting for him, even though I picked Joe to win, I think, on our podcast. But I I really liked Max and. This, yeah, I was bummed, I got to say. So I, I wonder if other super fans were bummed or if some people think he got what he deserved. I mean, he clearly made some mistakes, yeah. definitely. And your exit interview was really interesting where he said, you know, he was playing to the camera sometimes and maybe that cost him. Well, I'm interested to know, like, I certainly know my feelings uh, from it going through it. But just as a, you know, a third person listening to that conversation, um, what, what did you take away from that? You know, I always, I, I actually really want to play Survivor someday. I don't think I will be able to, but I would love to. So I often think of it in, in, in terms of what do I have to learn? What, what, what can I take away from this if I were to ever be on the show? And yeah, I, it would be hard to go on the show and having, having so much pressure to put on a good show and have it be playing against my game. You know, I'd like to think I'd go in and play like Tyler, but I'd probably play more like Max. Yeah. You know, it's hard because I think that a lot of us are also like people pleasers. Like we want, we want, yep. you know, production to be happy with yeah. what we're doing. So, and we want, we also want the people at home to be happy with what we're doing. But often that's not the best strategic decision. And there's very few Tonys out there that can, you know, ultimately yes. win the game and also be great television it's it's hard to do often you're great television but you end up being somebody who plays an unwinnable game so yep. there's a lot that goes into it and it's hard to pull off uh in practice so um let's go ahead and how well how did you do it rob you were you played a great game and you were good television well you know what that let me segue into our first question right. uh and we'll talk about something like that all right here's a voicemail from mike Hey, Rob, Mikey B from Toronto here. So I'm a little frustrated with Max and Sharin. The whole time they were out there, it felt like they were sitting on the bleachers watching the game from afar. Uh, knowing that you were the original super fan, what do you think you did different than them when you were on the island? What made you hold back? What were the tricks of the trade to show that you were a super fan, but you weren't going to just sit back and watch while the game went ahead without you. Um, would love to hear your thoughts. Take care. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. Uh, but I don't think that the comparison between what it was like for me to be a super fan of the show in 2002 is quite an apples to apples comparison for what it's like for Max and Shireen to be a super fan because in 2002 survivor is the number one show on television. So it's not that crazy to have know everything about the first four seasons, uh, four seasons and change of survivor. Whereas in 2014, when they filmed this, it's 
definitely something that's way more niche to know everything about Survivor. So it didn't alienate me from other people in my original season like it did with these guys. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. I mean, you, you did you know the astrological signs of every winner? <laughs> well, there was only four that had happened, so I could have probably just guessed on a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- that being said, also, um, I think I was with other people who were excited about, about the show also. And so it, it really, uh, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I did something right while they did something wrong. Uh, sure. But, that being said also that there's also like a little bit of a sense of like knowing the temperature of the room. Yeah. So that's what Max and Shireen were doing to each other Mm -hmm. because they both love survivor. They probably just talked about it all the time. Yes. And so ultimately like Max and Shireen like probably just could have done a podcast. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'd listen to it. Yeah. Don't give them ideas. Uh, But yeah, it would have been, although uh, maybe I hear it it might be annoying. Maybe. I I think Survivor fans would probably find it pretty entertaining. I I think it probably would be. uh, I mean, the hardcore fans. It would probably be decently entertaining at the very least. You should at least have them on together and see see how it goes. Okay, we'll see. And we'll see if it's annoying or not. Yeah, there you go. That'll be a special episode of uh, Max Max and Shireen show. Um, All right, so let me ask a question. Since we're talking about Max and Shireen, Let me play this question from Alice in Chicago. Hi, Rob. This is Alice calling from Chicago. It seems like Max found a true kindred spirit in Shireen during his time on Survivor. But ultimately, this friendship seemed to be the kiss of death for his Survivor game, as it brought out all of his deepest quirks that he probably wouldn't normally show to a group of random strangers, such as revealing the depth of his Survivor obsession and um, walking around naked. My question for you is, do you think Max would have gone home at this point in the game had Shireen not been on the island? And is it generally better to suffer through 39 days with people you can't fully relate to or to find a true confidant and friend on the island? Love the podcast and hope you come to the Windy City soon. All right. Lots lots of people hoping that RHAP will come to Chicago. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, that, uh, definitely, I'm definitely feeling uh, the pressure. About uh, come to come to Chicago, come to Chicago. You'll go. You'll we'll go. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, this is an interesting question uh, to it me. Is. Would would Max or anybody be better off not finding your you know survivor soulmate out there? Uh, and it's funny that you know uh, we haven't talked anything about a potential romantic entanglement of uh, Max and Shereen. They are truly the uh, plutonic uh, male and female friends. But that being said, that they got along so well, is that bad to to go out there and find your best friend on Survivor? I I mean, I don't think so. Look at JT and Steven from Token Chains. I think ideally you want to find your best friend. They're your tight alliance you can trust till the bitter end. Are you saying JT and Steven are best friends? Well, I don't know if they are now. They seem to be on the show. They seem to be on the show. We'll see. I'm not sure how yeah. close they are in real are, life. Are Max and Shireen best friends in real life? <laughs> I don't. They seem to be going everywhere together. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I, I think you do want to find your survivor soulmate, but I don't think you want to let people know so obviously, mm-hmm. and you certainly don't want to connect with that person at the expense of everyone else. Would you rather be friends with everybody or have one great friend? Oh, friends with everybody yeah. for sure. 
I feel like on Survivor. On Survivor, I, real life is a different story. Yeah, in real life, <laughs> yeah, I feel like in real life, I almost am playing the way you'd want to play on Survivor, where I feel like I have a good relationship <laughs> with with everybody, but nobody really is uh, my you know my best friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in Survivor, uh, you know, that, that I'm doing it right in 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 the Survivor way, but not real life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the secret two-person alliance can be very powerful. Very good. That's very good. It needs to be secret or mostly secret. Yes. I think that's a that's a good call. It's almost like, you know, Max and Shireen, and I get I talked to Ellen Kelly, but they ended up sort of like becoming like a blood versus water pair. Yeah. And Max said in his exit interview that they tried to avoid each other right after the tribe swaps. Mhm. Yeah. But eventually they just couldn't resist <laughs> the siren call of talking about one world. Yes. Yes. I mean, I guess if you want to talk about one world, I mean, how many people are there out there that will I talk know. about the uh, one world tribe swap? <laughs> I don't know. It's not a big group. Okay. Speaking of the uh, one world tribe swap, uh, let's take it, uh, what I think is an interesting question uh, this is from Matt, who talks about the way that the show presented this to us. Here's Matt. Hey, Rob. Matt from Chicago. Just a question about the edit tonight. I'm sure that Max and Shireen were annoying and a little obsessive. Uh, I also got a little bit of a get-a-life nerds vibe from the show, like when Shatner hosted SNL. Do you think that Survivor shows good fan appreciation? And do you ever think we'll see a super fan who can talk about the show's history edited in a positive light? Hope Spencer can get you guys out to Chicago this year, you know, even if that makes me too much of a nerd. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Right. I think this is fascinating, this discussion. Uh, yeah. So Survivor itself, the franchise, presents people who are obsessed with the show that they're on. And mm-hmm. it portrays them in a somewhat negative light of these people are the outcasts that again they show them unfavorably not like that they are unjustly persecuted for their love of survivor they are justly shunned because they love the very thing that they're on the very thing that we're supposed to watch every week they love it too much it's almost like if somebody was excommunicated from the church because they recited bible verse too much (laughs) I said, get out of here. We don't want you as this church. You know too much about the Bible. You're dead. Yeah, Be gone. That, that's crazy. You're right. I, haven't, I hadn't thought of that. That is very, very odd. But yeah, I mean, maybe the casual viewer can really connect with that sort of nerd, non-nerd dichotomy. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe they just haven't cast a super fan that can chill out. <laughs> Well, does Survivor itself, the franchise, did they show their cards last night in that who they're really marketing to is the casual fan who watches the show on Wednesday but really can't remember back to Survivor One World? Is that the is that who they feel like is their core audience base of the show? And look at this guy. What a nerd that he knows everything about the show. Uh, this is, you know, we have to show him this is annoying to have somebody who is that into the show. Well, Survivor is not a cult favorite. 
it, I mean, their ratings are great. So yeah, I think probably it's true that the majority of viewers can't remember one world. Yeah. Like for and, instance, like a show like game of Thrones or that sort of community would yeah. not, you know, treat like a, it would be the opposite. You know, somebody yeah. would be voted out of uh, Game of Thrones uh, survivor, Survivor Riverlands for, you know, not knowing, you know, oh, you didn't know this minor detail of what House Tully was doing uh, during, you know, the the reign of the Mad King. And so <laughs> the, the, and they, you would be you would be shunned for that. But yeah. in Survivor, it's like, hey, you know too much about Survivor. That's weird. Uh, get out of here. You're voted out. That's really interesting. Yeah. I think, I think that's what we've seen. Absolutely. Hmm. uh, With Cochran's first appearance as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is really interesting. I think, yeah, I think you, it it has to do with the fact that probably the majority of their audience is more casual, which it's kind of a bummer for people like you and me, but you know, or people like me, I should say, (laughs) I don't, I don't know if it's a bummer for you. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. I just think it's really just interesting. Like, I'm not saying if it's good or bad. I mean, the people that are really, you know, nuts about the show, the people that listen to, you know, podcasts and want to talk about the show afterwards. And there's, and there's many um, now, but they're clearly outnumbered by the millions of people who watch yeah. the show way more casually. And I just thought it was interesting to see that the show really you know instead of appealing to the base or the most you know really you know fanatical supporters uh appeals to just the and again it makes total sense uh from a business sense of like trying to appeal to the mass audience um but i just feel like uh it's interesting yeah i think you want to appeal to as many people as you can. So they put super fans on the show so that other super fans get excited, but then maybe they have to edit them in a certain way so that it isn't alienating to non super fans. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But do you think that they put Max on the show because he was a super fan or do you think they put Max on the show because he was, they thought he was going to be a big character. I think they put him on the show. Well, both. I think he's, he, they thought he was going to be a big character because he's a super fan mm-hmm. and he's a survivor professor. His story is so good. For yeah. The it's show. an interesting story about being the yeah. survivor professor. I think that's yeah. sort of like sexy that people would be interested in seeing him because he's the survivor professor. But for instance, like Shireen, I don't think she got cast on the show because she's a super fan. I think she got no. cast on the show because she's interesting. And the same thing with Cochran too. Like Cochran, people think, yep. oh, they cast him because he's a super fan. No, they cast him because he was like a 22-year-old Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I, I think Shireen, I think maybe Matt, uh, the, the question about Max, would this have happened to Max if Shireen hadn't been around? Um, I, I don't know, maybe not. But I do think this would have happened to Shireen had Max not been around. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's just her personality, the the, the singing, the, the national anthem. <laughs> And, and, and stuff like that. I I think she just, she likes to put herself out there, um, and share herself with those around her. And, uh, that, that is, can be alienating. Yeah. So, uh, just a fun topic of conversation. You know, I really did think coming into this season that 
you know, these super fans were going to be the people that dominated this season. And I had heard, oh, Survivor 30 is going to be a real, it's going to be a really good season. And I really thought it was going to be the, you know, the white collar people, the mm-hmm. Maxes and the Shereens of the world. The people that really knew the game were the people that there was going to be some new evolution that was going to happen in season 30. And it does not appear to be the case. You know, it, uh, on a related note, it did surprise me that Jen was so anti superfan when she comes across in her pregame interviews, at least as a superfan herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I, I would have put her in the camp of people that were superfans and that would have got along great with Shreen and Max. To be yeah. honest, no, so that, she that got was surprising. She she was very annoyed. Yeah, they were on her nerves, and she says, "Hey, yeah. I've seen every episode of the show, but I'm not like obsessed yeah. with it. I couldn't tell you every single thing that happened, but." I feel like uh, in in some ways that was easier for her to relate to the other people that are out there. It's like she has that knowledge base, but she really was not interested in sort of going through and, you know, talking about it. So it's just a a fun thing to sort of follow, you know, how this is presented in future seasons. All right. Let's take a question uh, from Eric. And Eric uh, has a question for me about uh, how I reported uh, or discussed last night's events. Hi, Rob. I'm wondering if your pre-existing relationship with Max is allowing you to cut him way too much slack. It seems to me that somebody with that much knowledge of the game really should be criticized for, you know, being that annoying, being that strategic, and being that cocky. Love to hear what you think. Okay. Fair question. Fair question. I mean... I don't think I've ever stated that I have a uh, great pre-existing relationship with Max. I certainly know of him, but I would not say that, you know, he is a close confidant. I did not know what, whatever, whoever he talked to before he went out there. Uh, I was not in the inner circle of people that worked with Max before he went out there. I, you know, I found out that he was on the show a couple months before it aired and several months after it filmed. So I don't want to overstate, you know, uh, the, you know, how close uh, Max and I are. He's way closer with a lot of other survivors, but uh, have I been too easy on Max? I mean, it's, I guess so. Um, But I mean, if you take a look at the people that I am hard on or not hard on, I feel like I'm pretty consistent. And really what that comes down to is effort. And, the people that, you know, are the people that don't try or don't care. Those tend to be the people that I'm the most hard on. And I'm sure if you go back and find somebody who had a consistently, you know, similar performance to what Max did, I feel like you would find that my analysis and my commentary was probably similar. Can you think of a player that you would compare Max Dawson's game to? Um... That's tough. Other than Rob Cistronino and Survivor All-Stars? <laughs> and believe me, I was way harder on Rob Cistronino and Survivor All-Stars. <laughs> That's tough, yeah. No, I, I don't think so because there's so many mitigating factors with Max, his super fandom, that whole issue we just talked about. Mm-hmm. As far as someone who seemed like they could do really, really well and then went out early, there, there's, there's a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. I think Val from last season, for example. Yeah. But but honestly, his edit in this last episode was closer to Drew Christie's edit <laughs> than anything. Yeah. This 
<laughs> this rampant hubris yeah, that's... between him and Shireen was was pretty fun to watch. Um, probably not for Max, though. Yeah. Maybe uh, you could say it was more of like a bizarro uh, Drew, where Drew yeah. like knew so little about the game yeah. that he was almost uh, oblivious to what was going on, where Max like knew so much about the game that it sort of blinded him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably not another you know, one-to-one conversion. No. But I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody that we could put in a similar situation where, you know, I really killed that person, you know, that, that for the most really, part, yeah. don't kill anyone. Yeah. And the people that I do really kill are the people that, you know, either want to quit or, or don't, right. don't want to try or just want to give up or, or like, I rarely, you know, kill a person on any of these shows for caring too much. You know, it's more the person that just is like, well, whatever. I don't, you know, I, I, I this doesn't matter to me. I'm more, much more likely to be down on that person. So, yeah. um, I can understand why, because, you know, it's a thing with, with Max where a lot of people who are the big fans themselves feel like Max may have represented the super fan. Well, has, and Maybe there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it. Maybe the, the the person who's the big fan who's trying to get on the show feels like, well, Max A took my spot or B hurt me in terms of me getting on the show in the future or, you know, made my road to getting on the show harder by being a yeah. bad representation of the person who is a fan and, you know, feels like that they would have done more with that spot than Max did and feel like some resentment towards him for getting it. Max was in a tough spot this season. Yeah. He really I was. Think in that sense, Cochran is a reasonable comparison because I do think there is a lot of animosity towards Cochran's first attempt at the game. Yeah. Um, for similar reasons, he should have known better than to do what he did. Yeah. And uh, there is a lot of that he should have known better going around with Max. Oh yeah, people killed Cochran uh, yeah, during yeah. his first season and yeah. what he did and what he made such a terrible move and that he, and that he blew it. And again, I think I was a Cochran defender of Cochran 1.0. I think that Stephen Fishback uh, and I went back and forth many times about how I said I liked that move uh, and uh, he did not care for it. But you know, I, I respected that at least he made the big move there. Sure. I think I'm with Steven though. <laughs> well, sure. We know how it turned out. We know how yeah. it went. Okay. No. Yeah. E- even in, even if I didn't, but um, yeah. All right. So the super fan is, has an uphill climb. It's a tough day for the survivor super fan. I think. Yeah. I think you really got to put that, put that in the back of your mind and let it kind of bubble up when you need it instead of always being the super fan when you're there. Yeah. I don't know though. Yeah. It's I, tough. I really feel like, you know, the person who is, you know, if you weren't a Max fan coming into last night, I feel like now it's really the day you're piling on Max. Yeah. And I think yeah. he even said like in his pregame interviews, like there's a lot of people that want to see me fall on my face. And to a degree, you know, that is kind of what happened. And I said, well, you know, a lot of people want to see him fall on his face. It's a good thing he has that beard. Because that's like a built-in airbag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That beard is great. Yes. And so 
if you were anti-Max, you know, there you take a lot of glee in this. Uh, I do not take, uh, you know, great pleasure in uh, the downfall of Max Dawson. No, I, I, as I said before, I was, I was bummed. I was sad. I wanted him to go far. Yeah, I think it could, it, it could have been fun. And, you know, I definitely felt like in talking to him that there is some feels like I, you know, I don't know if I want to say regret, but like, I wish I would have like done things differently. And I feel like I, I've heard this sort of like a described as sort of like, you know, uh, it's not so much like being in the moment, but as much as like thinking about how is this going to look in the moment where, you know, mm-hmm. you're sort of like, you know, thinking about things like the hashtag and the, and what's the quip here as opposed to actually like being in the flow of what's happening in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Okay. Let's, uh, yeah. let's take uh, some more questions. Uh, are, are you bored about talking about this topic yet? No. Okay. No, I could talk about this all night. Okay, good. Because uh, the voicemailers, this is what they wanted to talk about. All right. Let's take another uh, question about this topic. And uh, let's go to Jess in New Zealand. Here's Jess. Hi, this is Jess coming to you not so live all the way from New Zealand. Um, I just had a quick question about all these super fans that are now so openly telling everyone how much they love the show and everything they know about it. Do you think we've entered a new time where it's okay to do this? And do you think it's a good strategy? Thanks. Bye. Now, I think it's quite the opposite now at this point. Like I talked about before the season started. And again, like I take a, a small sample size and then I come up with a big conclusion out of that. And it's part of what I do on the, on the podcast. And I said, I thought we were entering a new era where the super fan will be prominent on the pod on survivor and we'll see many, many super fans competing on the show because that there will be less and less people applying to be on the show who aren't fans of the show and less recruits and more people who are the people that really want to be on the show are the people that, that get on the show. Um, it felt like it was going that way. <laughs> that yeah. being said, I wonder if we're instead entering an era where the super fan downplays how much they know about the show. Yeah. I also wonder how much we're not seeing of the other super fans. Like I forgot that Dan is a huge super fan as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So I wonder if, if Dan and Shireen make it far and Jen, they're super fans. Shireen talks about it. The others don't. Maybe we're just not seeing the others talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I hope you're right. I hope it is the the uh, a whole run of super fan seasons. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. But for super fans that are in the closet, super fans. Yeah, I I personally would not tell people that I'm a super fan. Mm-hmm. I, I you don't have a lot to gain from that. Yeah, I have nothing to gain from that. Well, Except for a soulmate, apparently. Apparently. Like, and I wonder if it's the kind of thing where it's like that you're better off sort of like, you know, Lisa Welchling it where you sort of like you're a super fan, but you don't want anybody to know. And it's sort of your secret that you come into the game mm-hmm. with. And, you know, like I hear you say like something like uh, stick to the plan one day. And I sort of like raise an eyebrow. And then when we get alone, I'm like, uh, Ryan, like, are you a big super fan? Because my fan dar. Yeah is Uh telling me that you're a survivor fan and it's like oh my god you are too oh okay 
and, and we can like have that be like our secret that we're not going to tell anybody, but we're not going to be like Max and Shireen in front of everybody talking about like the survivor winners, uh, astrological birthday signs. Yeah. But that's a double edged sword because they could hear you say, they could hear you say, stick to the plan and they go, Oh, another super fan. I need to get this person out. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's a little bit like Sarah and Tony who were both cops in the same yeah. tribe. Uh, yeah. and they say, I'll like pull you aside and be like, uh, so Ryan, are, are, are you a, uh, survivor super fan? And uh, you'd be like, uh, no, what are you talking about? I'm not a, I'm yeah. not a Survivor fan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, Growing Pains fan. That's, I'm a Growing Pains they fan. Said, they said stick to the plan on Growing Pains all the time. <laughs> that was Mike Seaver. Uh, he used to say it all the time uh, to uh, his dad, Alan Thicke. And, uh, <laughs> that, you know, show me that smile again. But no, I'm not a Survivor fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you also run the risk they don't even tell you that they noticed <laughs> they just vote you out. Yeah. So it, it's, it's tricky and it's going to be interesting to see this. I think this max, this whole thing with max will potentially reverberate for future super fans quite a while. Yeah. The closet super fan, the closet super fan. Uh, it's gonna, it's interesting. And a lot of it also goes into when seasons get filmed and people and like, sure. you know, whoever the next super fans are that play. And it's always hard to figure that out. So maybe this is a blip on the radar today, but the next time super fans are playing, this game is a, is a while down the road and it's not as big of a deal at that yeah. time. That's often the case. That's what we tend to overstate the impact of something in the moment. True. Okay. But we'll see. We will, we'll see. All right. So let's take uh, another, another question. Um, by the way, going through these voicemails, I got a voicemail today from somebody who is an astrologist today, Ryan. Excellent. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to play the voicemail because it's long, but basically I got a call from an astrologist that said, Hey, I'm an astrologist. I happen to be going through all of the survivor astrology charts before this episode. And that's how, you know, He's on to something because he was already mm. looking at this before yeah. Max Dawson even mentioned it on the show. And he offered to be a guest on the podcast and talk about uh, the astrology of Survivor on an episode of the podcast. <laughs> Ryan, do you think that would be a good episode of the podcast? I would absolutely listen to that. Okay. All right. Um, maybe not. Maybe for ironic reasons, but <laughs> I still would enjoy it. But I feel like yeah. I then... Uh, that Stephen Fishback has said that uh, you know Eliza is very strongly anti uh, astrology. I wonder if it should be like a point counterpoint. There you go. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't. Wh- whichever side the astrologer's on, he he might not be able to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> yes, I have to say. But yeah, I have to say like uh, I have to moderate it like a House of Cards debate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, at the very least. He, he he should have left a shorter voicemail so we could have heard it. Yeah, it's too long. It's, uh, but I I've already emailed this person and said uh, let me let me know. Let's let's talk about this. <laughs> so yeah. either uh, yeah, I'll listen. Yeah, we'll 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 see. It'll either be uh, good or ironically good. I'll take either. Yeah, either one. Either one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So let's take a question from. Uh, Another uh, great fan of Survivor. Uh, here is Morgan Stradling. Morgan. Hey, this is Morgan Stradling, and I am so bummed to see Max go. I loved Max. I thought he was a great character, and he was also a super fan, and it was great to see a super fan like him go out there and play the game. 
Now, that being said, I think one of the biggest problems with Max's game is that he was kind of playing other people's games. He was recreating these famous Survivor moments and quotes, and as a result, we didn't get to see him play his game and make his own mark on the game. And that's a shame. So my question for you is if you were Max and you could start all over and play season 30 again, what would you do to make sure that you make it far into the game? Okay. Uh, so we're going to start all over again. And uh, we're going to do, mm-hmm. do things differently uh, for Max. By the way, I want to just give a, a quick shout out to Morgan Stradling, uh, who her podcast, Animation Addicts, uh, is also uh, nominated for Best Produced Podcast at the uh, Podcast Awards. And as the reigning Best Produced Podcast Award winner, uh, that I want to give a, a shout out to uh, Morgan in that category. And you're not even in that category this, I, I'm not, this year. I'm not in that category. I also... Well, then, yeah, there you go. There's I also, no conflict of interest. There's no conflict of interest. I also am the reigning uh, Best Video Podcast uh, Award winner, and I'm not in that category either. Um, it, but you're so, in the big ones. Yes, yeah, so I'm in entertainment and people's choice. So ironically... Yeah, I voted today, by the way. Thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, ironically, I was the... Uh, two years ago, I'm the winner of the best entertainment podcast, and then I did not get nominated in that category in 2013. And then we're back in that category. They for just want to they want to mix it up. They mix it up. They mix it up. Yeah. Also, uh, Morgan's podcast is also nominated in the uh, movies and film category as well. Uh, if cool. you want, if you wanted to uh, uh, fill out the rest of your ballot. All right. So, in terms of uh, if Max was going to do things differently. Is there anything major that you would say besides the obvious of, you know, uh, you know, keep Carol in close? There's a lot of things that I wouldn't have done if I was Max. Yeah. Getting naked. The naked thing, I think, in hindsight, you know, and uh, no, no pun intended. Um, But it's I think it was once. I think it was. Yeah. Not great. The naked stuff. And I feel like we sort of like uh, talked about it at the time, like. Okay, well, it's probably not that big a deal, but I felt like it was symptomatic of what was going wrong. Yeah, even even in this episode, there was a lot of shots of him naked all by himself. You know, it wasn't so much the nakedness that was the problem. It was the fact that he was doing it to be alone. And that that doesn't seem like where you want to be. Yeah. Ideally, you, you don't want to be alone on Survivor. Um you know, Max talked about something on the exit interview, which I thought was kind of interesting, too, where he talked about how, you know, I asked him, what's the one thing that you learned while you were out there that you could not have learned uh, before your experience? I mean, that you only could have learned from being out there. Yeah. And he talked about how just like the, you know, mind numbing, you know, boredom and how close you are with these people. And you know, I really feel like, you know, Survivor, like every day on Survivor is almost like, you know, a, you know, 12 hour elevator ride. <laughs> like you're basically yeah. just like in a small confined space, even though it's an open space. Uh, but you're just with the same people and there's nothing to do but just make, nothing you know, chit chat for most of the day. Yeah. And even the little things you do to keep your mind sort of like sane get on other people's nerves. Sure. I mean, it's rare. I bet it's rare that you get a chance to where everyone gets to play basketball except for Mike. <laughs> yeah. Cause I always think like, well, you got a beach, you could draw a, a chess board on the beach or something, but yeah, not everyone wants to play chess. And you also and don't always like, have the energy to do it. 
also like fair enough i in the amazon i made up like some sort of like uh you know stupid like tic-tac-toe game um but you know uh it was sort of like it was fun for like a few days like it was like at the height of like the good times in the amazon and sure. then like once like uh alex got voted off then like nobody wanted to play games anymore <laughs> it was like everybody <laughs> was like too busy like hating each other but it was fun for a couple days to have uh stuff to do so you know, it, it really is tough to be, you know, a conversationalist and also not irritating. Like, I'm sure the stuff that Shireen is doing about like, hey, did you know I'm a world class whistler is just she's so bored. You know, yep. she's looking for any stimulation. And yep. when you're sort of somebody that's like a, a Max or Shireen and, you know, you just are used to talking a lot. You know, I'm sure it's hard to come up with things to talk about that are not going to get on people's nerves. Whereas some of these no collar people, I think they could just sort of like turn their brains off for a little bit, like, which is a nice feature to have. Yeah. My wife and I were just talking about this today because she is totally okay with being bored. Yes. And I can't stand it. Yeah. I've always got to be doing some, I've got to be doing three, four things at once. Yeah. So it would be an amazing skill if you just could sit there inside your own head. Yeah. And you know, be okay with it. Yeah, it's a great thing uh, to be able to have if if you could. Like my wife could definitely do this. She, like she could go on a, a car ride and go like four or five hours and not talk all that and be fine. And I would be so bored. Yeah. And so it's definitely. And, and again, if I'm in, in the car with somebody else who loves to talk, hey, this is this is great. Perfect. But if I'm yeah. in, you know, if if Jen and Haley are in the back seat, uh, they're gonna want to, you know, uh, pull the car over and vote me off. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you don't think you'd have anything to talk about with them? I don't know. I mean, I think I would have things to talk to about them, but I think that they may not have things that yeah. they either want to hear from yeah. me or 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 talk to me about. So yeah, I guess we'll find out when you do your exit interviews with them. Yeah, I hope they're not bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope not. Um, could I want to actually, since we're talking about uh, Jen and Haley here. Um, there was a secret scene uh, from Haley, and I thought it was particularly interesting what she talks about. She she basically talks about how Survivor isn't actually that hard, uh, and she talks about her thoughts on how to play the game. Um, are you interested in uh, in hearing any of this? I, I haven't heard. I haven't watched it yet, so play it. I'd love to hear it. With Max and Shireen, it's, it all started because... In all of their survivor wisdom, they found the most discreet place to discuss their secret plans was right in the middle of camp when all of us were on another side of camp watching them, like, whispering in their own little huddle puddle, uh, obviously, strategically, for, like, an hour. So they completely ostracized themselves with all of their super survivor strategizing in front of us. And um, at that point, they became the enemy and all of us became the normal people. They were like, okay, who's going to go first? For both Max and Shireen, this is their life. Like, they love Survivor, and they've wanted to be on here for years, but it's like they're oblivious to the social aspect of the game and, like, the common sense. Like, just be a decent person. That's how you get far in Survivor. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be annoying. Don't be inconsiderate. You'll do okay. Hey, that's the, uh, the, the Haley. What's her last name? I don't know. <laughs> whatever. whatever her last name is, those are the H-whatever rules. Um, so what is it? Don't be a weirdo. Don't be, don't be annoying. Don't be inconsiderate. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be annoying. I mean, she's not wrong. (laughs) 
it's great, simple advice. It seems like half the cast can't follow it this season, but yeah, like it's, that. Yeah. In a regular season of survivor, you know, forget about like, uh, you know, all stars or anything like that. If, if you could just go out there and just make friends with everybody in your tribe, just be friends to every, everybody in your tribe that get everybody in your tribe to like you, you know, you will go far in the game. Like in the end, the end people will say, okay, we don't want you to win or, or whatever. But if you yeah. can just get everybody on your tribe to like you, you're fine. You'll be fine. You make the merge. Yeah. Nine times out of a hundred. If that's, if that is what you can do. Yeah. And uh, you know, everything else is just sort of like overthinking it. It really is yeah. just a, a simple exercise of just go there and make friends. Like there yeah. are, are not people on survivor that get voted off, you know, first or second that everybody is, unless they have some sort of like they're hurt or something like that, or they just uh, right. are sick, something like that. You know, there's no first or second boot that everybody's like, Oh, we love this person. And we're so sad to see them go, but they're gone. Yeah. And maybe there's some, maybe there's somebody that we can uh, come up with off the top of my head, but it's either that, you know, a couple people don't, you know, don't like them or they think that they somebody there's some hearsay that goes on and everybody piles on you know that could that could happen like a jessica de ben or some or something like that but you know it typically is that you know you have a person who's just not well liked in the group yeah well how the trick is then to be well liked by everyone but still make it to the end somehow yes be- because you become a threat at some point the, the switch has got to get flipped for most people playing and they, they got to go, oh, this person, everyone likes him. I like him mm-hmm. or her. We got, we got to vote him out. Yeah. But it's also hard to win the game if you're not well liked by people. So, yeah, I mean, I you, feel like the, both. the Haley rules of just be, be likable is a, a big part of the game. And I, That's I, level, that seems like level zero for me. Yeah, Absolutely. but it's something that Max and Shireen definitely struggle with. They, a, lo- a lot of Survivor contestants struggle with it. Yeah, uh, that's the HF rules. Haley Ford. Haley Ford, that's right. Yes. You'd think uh, that'd be the easiest. It's probably the easiest last name out of everyone's to remember. Yeah. So uh, Haley, the, H, the HF rules. Uh, so just so get them one, one more time. These are the, H, the HF rules. That's how you get far in Survivor. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be annoying. Don't be inconsiderate. You'll do okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a weirdo. Don't be annoying. Don't be inconsiderate. HF rules. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a question from uh, our good friend, uh, the tabulator wants to talk about Max's exit. Hey Rob, this is Kurt from Chicago, the tabulator. Quick question for you. When Max was voted out last night, did you get kind of an awkward feeling as he was standing there uh, with Jeff? I was half expecting him to pull a Dawson, but then something interesting happened. It seemed, and maybe it's a completely my imagination uh, but it seemed like usually you see Jeff snuff the torch, a moment where the person who's leaving looks back at the tribe and they wave, then you see them actually leaving tribal council. And it almost seemed to cut like right from when Jeff snuffed the torch to Max already partway down the path. And I was wondering, were you kind of like sitting there awkwardly at that point, wondering if he was going to do anything? And did you get the sense that maybe something was cut out there? Uh, take care and uh, good work with the podcast. Ryan, did you think that Max was going to pull a Dawson? I, I I thought he was going to do something. He just did the, he just did the, uh, the hold up bro. <laughs> so I thought he would, yeah, absolutely take that moment. And I think maybe he did. 
Yeah. Based on that edit. Well, what do you think now? Hold on. Now, if Max pulled a Dawson, what would we call that? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't a know. Double I, you, a double Dawson? A double Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so do you think, I, I wish that I would have, uh, you know, more time to ask him this, but do you, do you think that he did something? Because I had asked, I thought that he was just so shocked that he didn't do anything. He says that he, you know, uh, realized that he was going home by counting the pen strokes, um, which it is yeah. very quiet there. Uh, it's not unrealistic to think he could have heard that. But sometimes uh, also, as Stephen Fishback uh, will tell you, uh, exit interviews are not always canon. So, right. Again, and that comes up a lot. Nobody ever said they got blindsided and and, thing, and that's rare to hear on the exit interview. So do you think, did Max actually know uh, that he was that he was going home and did he have something, you know, something witty planned or was he just in shock and didn't do anything? It looked to me like he was in shock. Yes. Um, absolutely. The, the vibe I got from his body language was that he, he was shocked. He was a little speechless, I think. But to speak to what Kurt said, it did it did seem like, uh, and again, I haven't gone back and verified uh, Kurt's notes on the edit, then it would seem like that there would be something that maybe didn't yeah. make the cut. Yeah, I watched it twice and I missed that cut too. I'd have to go back to, I mean, if, they, if it looks like there's a cut, then maybe he did do something. Hmm. But it, you would think that his holdup bro was his thing if he did see it coming. Yeah. Oh, you know, maybe. If, we give, if we give him that, if we give him the benefit of the doubt and say he counted the pen strokes and he knows it's him, then the holdup bro could have been his thing. Yeah. No, that makes but, sense. That would make but, sense. But I, I, I don't know. You'd have to ask Max, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, somebody, if we, if we do another interview with Max, uh, remind me to ask that question. All right. Here's a question from Zach from Cincinnati. Hey, Robisu, this is Zach from Cincinnati. In the past on the podcast, there's been chatter about the Vlachos effect or how Tony will impact future players. The assumption has always been that he would encourage entertaining if sporadic gameplay. But are we entering some sort of darkest timeline where Tony has instead led to Rodney's comedic try-hard personality? Are all of these flat Tom Brady, Michael Jackson, chicken parm, and picking up girls at the carnival wannabe jokes just a pathetic attempt at living up to Tony's entertainment value. I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right. Well, Ryan, it's appropriate uh, that I should ask you a, uh, a uh, Dan Harmon based question. Have we entered the, the darkest timeline <laughs> of survivor that <laughs> did, did the Tony effect uh, create people that are just uh, trying to make uh, jokes and be bigger than life and are falling flat on their face? I think that's really Rodney. I I don't know that he even knows who Tony is. I yeah. think that's just who he really is. <laughs> he, I agree. I don't think that this is the darkest timeline. And I think that we're putting too much stock in what Rodney is doing and saying that that's a thing that's happening. I have, I didn't really connect those two until now. I mean, I guess I see the similarities. Rodney is like a misogynistic version of Tony sort of, I guess maybe like a young Tony. He's the young, yeah, young lad you version of Tony. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, I I pulled the sound clips from uh, what what Rodney was saying uh, at that point in the show. Uh, are, are you up for for hearing? I, I want to hear it again. Hearing a little a little Rodney. Okay. Here we go. 
Here is uh, the, the best of some of the best of Rodney from last night. I'm the leader. I'm going to be the leader no matter what. I'm the Tom Brady here. If I step on the field, right, all business aside, I'm Tom Brady out here. These bras just don't know what they're doing. They came into this game, I don't know, with no strategy at all. So what's going on right now is me, Dan, Kelly, and Mike, we're a strong four. So bye-bye, Lindsay. Anything you do, you got to be a smooth criminal like Michael Jackson, baby. Lindsay's saying so much disrespectful stuff that I've been holding back. And if we were back home, I'd grab her by her hair and spank her like a bad baby. Whoa. Um, (laughs) By the way, that was not like a super cut that I made. That was literally 32 seconds of the show. (laughs) Just straight? That was straight. That was not a super cut. I wondered why the music sounded so perfectly smooth. (laughs) Yes, like Michael Jackson, like a smooth criminal. Yeah. Uh, And to... To Rodney, I, I think we have to give him a... Like, just shut up, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's like the Tom Brady. Uh, uh, who is the uh, Christian Ponder of this oh, season, no. Ryan? <laughs> you really went for my weak spot there as a Vikings fan. Good choice. <laughs> who is the Who's Teddy the Bridgewater? Who's the Teddy Bridgewater of the uh, Teddy this Bridgewater. Season? Okay, well, that's easy. It's Tyler. Tyler, no, Dale, Dale already said he's the Russell Wilson of this season. Okay, I can't choose Tyler. Yes. Man, <laughs> but he's quiet. He has small hands, just like Teddy. <laughs> I guess, um, let's see. I, I I love Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see, we'll see if he's good. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's got to be someone I'm not quite sure of yet, but I think they could be good. Okay. I'll, I'll go with Kelly. Kelly, it could be... Now, why did uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, get tested for concussion this year? I not yet, but okay. I think he might be an undercover cop. Okay. Um. Wow. When did Kelly become an undercover cop? Wasn't she a state trooper when the season know, that, started? That was a state a real, trooper and a bartender. That was a real surprise to me because there's a big difference between a state trooper and an undercover cop, <laughs> right? In terms of being good at games like Survivor. Right? I mean, since when did she become an undercover cop? I like, don't know. I didn't I think that know. State Trooper is the same like line of the police that, is, that does undercover uh, police work. I don't know. Maybe Survivor didn't want her to say, but then they would just wouldn't have put that in there. So I don't know. Yeah. She's an undercover State Trooper? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't I know so. the details of what the, that job <laughs> requires. Yeah. But... I didn't think like I thought the I, the undercover state trooper is like yeah. when they like have like the police car like behind the billboard so they catch you speeding yeah. and you don't see them. I thought that's the undercover state trooper. Yeah, or or, or she's uh, like a roadside assistance truck going around <laughs> <laughs> posing. Oh my god. Okay. All right. So uh, let's let's get away from. I know th- there was a lot of voicemails about the uh, the Max and Shireen stuff, but uh, let's let's bounce around a little, a little bit and talk about right. some other things that actually happened on the show. Uh, let's play a question about Carolyn and her game, and this is from Kayla. Hey, RC, what's up? It's Kayla from Canada. Did anyone else notice that Tyler called Jeff Probst JP like they were college frat bros? Anyways, my question is, is Carolyn the new Chaos Cass? Is she Chaos Carolyn? Because just like Cass, she flipped on her allies and went from solid in a majority alliance, assuming they had Kelly, to the bottom of this really tight threesome. I don't know. And then she had similar confessionals about her reasoning. She 
you know, this person's at the swing vote, I'm the swing vote. I think she should have tried to stick it out with her allies so she could meet up with Tyler Mulcahy at the merge. And then those three are still the majority over Max and Sharon. Let me know what you think. Okay. Uh, Chaos Carolyn. Or, and please, Kayla, please don't call me RC. <laughs> don't call me RC. Uh, Kayla, does she have a point about she has, Chaos, yeah, Chaos I Carolyn? I think she has a great point. Yes. You're buying uh, Chaos Carolyn. <laughs> I mean, in the sense that it was a bad move, like Cass's move. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? Um, <laughs> I don't think it was a good move. I think, well, the, the problem, the biggest problem I had with it, and it maybe was out of her control, was letting Kelly know because she could have been in with a tight four, but now it's like a loose five. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't tell Kelly and she lets Kelly, you know, let's Kelly screw up and vote with That's Max and Shireen. It, it, it could have benefited her more being in a, a tighter four. But b- I only say that because I think this tribe's probably going to lose a lot of immunities. I've been wrong about this, that this whole season. So <laughs> yeah. who knows? Yeah. But, um, no, that's a interesting note about did they did. She, and she was the one that told Kelly. It was a big group thing they were talking. I went back and checked this because I, I had that thought. And I think I don't think it was in her control, maybe, to to not tell Kelly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so maybe it was just something that was unfortunate for her as opposed to a mistake. But Okay. Yeah, I yeah, think I, she I, was I, so eager, though, just like uh, the actual cast to sort of like yeah. burn Sarah. I think that in the same way, you know, she was so excited to get rid of Max and Shireen. Yeah, she she did take a lot of gleeful pleasure in that. Yes, she definitely um, did. So yeah, I I don't think it was the right move. I think she should should have stuck with Max and Shireen, and then like Kayla said, try to get back with Tyler and Joaquin, who who seem like they they might not be going anywhere. Yeah, and they have that five, and then she's in a three out of the five there, very very clearly. Plus, if if everyone hates Max and Shireen. I mean, it's too early to be thinking about who you're taking to the end, but but they're a good shield for you if you're in their alliance. Like on Big Brother Canada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm making that. I'm making the arm symbol right now. Yes, you know it's funny that what Carolyn did really impacted uh, Joaquin and Tyler's game. Now, again, yes. I don't know if Joaquin and Tyler are going to see this and be like, "Oh, great, we hate Max and Shireen." Uh, it didn't sound like Tyler hated Max from my exit interview with Max today, but now those guys are going to play from a minority position the rest of the way. Like there's no chance now that white collar becomes the dominant tribe after the merge. Like now they've, she's almost forced them into playing, you know, joining up with one of the other tribes. Yeah. I don't know if there's no chance. I, I mean, kind of agree. I mean, I mostly agree with you. It's a very, very low percentage chance, but yes, I, I do agree with you. Yeah, they do it. They, I mean, they're already playing sort of as outsiders as a twosome against a foursome. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I kind of had that tribe. If I may digress a little, I kind of had it pegged as sort of uh, Joaquin and Tyler versus Dan and Mike, and who can get which of those two power alliances can get the, the majority of the remaining three over. But it looked like from the next time on that Sierra might be back in. Yeah. 
That's going to be very interesting <laughs> to see. Despite Dan's best efforts to keep her out. That's that's right. Um, all right, let me play a question about uh, Joaquin and his spot in the game from Zach. Hey, right. Rob. This is Zach from Sydney, Australia. After So Kim was eliminated, there was discussion on whether or not Joaquin was in fact the Joaquin dead. Since then, he's been swapped into a minority on his new tribe and has shown himself to be a strong competitor in the challenges, which I think spells trouble at the merge. Could it be that merge boots some rave for walking? That's just what they'll do. One of these days, Rob C will do his exit interview. Ryan, as a musician, did that kill you? <laughs> that was brilliant. Yes. <laughs> I love uh, every second of it. So, are merge boots made for walking? No question. <laughs> no question. Yes. You got to get rid of the guy. He's already shown he he can be cool, calm, and collective in most situations. <laughs> yes, the three C's, and, the three C's. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be thinking hard about taking him out as soon as I could after the merge. Yeah, I think he'll make it to the merge because yeah, he can win challenges. Although that tribe doesn't really need much help. I just can't get over the fact that uh, Max Dawson is gone and Joaquin is still in the game. I know. I know. That is and, not how I thought Rodney. that was going to go. Yeah, and Ma- yeah. yeah, Max but they're is on gone the same tribe, yeah. and Joaquin yeah. and Rodney. And Joaquin and Rodney are about to become best bros forever. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yes, the greatest alliance. Not since uh, Reynolds and Eddie in season uh, 26. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. I think those, those guys, guys were a lot more likable, though. Yes, I think that those were like the clean cut, like uh, yes. like guys. Uh, th- these are like you know, Reynolds and Eddie. These are the guys that you know they don't really you know uh, want people to know they hang out with. Yeah, they're the kind of guys that pick up chicks at a carnival, right? <laughs> yeah, who's picking up uh, women at a carnival? I don't know. Who are these I'm carnies? Going, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to recommend that to my single friends. Yeah, what, go to, you know, pick up women at a carnival. Never know. Yeah, I guess if you could, like, like win one of those games and get, like, one of those big stuffed animals, I guess you'll have, like, the uh, the pick of whoever you want. That's sort of like The Bachelor. It's like, yeah. Carnival Bachelor is, I guess, like, you win, like, lots of, like, small prizes, and then uh, then as you advance, <laughs> you, like, give away, like, the bigger teddy bear to, like, the last yeah. person you pick. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, oh, yeah. Museum. <laughs> there was carnival and museum, right? <laughs> yeah, museums. Sure. <laughs> what what a what an odd pairing of places to uh, meet someone. Yeah. Uh, who is Rodney picking up at museums? The girl that burned him <laughs> that's, twice. That's an even crazier question than who he's picking up at carnivals. Yeah, he fits in at his, at a carnival. Yes, he does fit in at a carnival. I'm not sure uh, about at the museum. All right, uh, let's do a, another question. And uh, I have a question from a, a Michael in Texas. Hey, Rob, this is Mike from Survivor. I know you're a hard worker like me, <laughs> and you've been working hard at imitating my voice. So I have a recommendation for you. All you need to do to imitate my voice is do a Super Dave Osborne impression, and everything should come out fine. Yep. Funkhauser. Yeah. <laughs> Super yes, Dave Funkhauser. Yeah, he does have that. It's like Funkhauser with a Texas accent. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to give up trying to do it because uh, I have all to do to not have a sore throat with all the podcasting I do. And uh, yeah. my, uh, the mic impression is just uh, way too strenuous on me. 
The juice it's, is not worth the squeeze to quote Al Christie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's deceptively hard too. I, it seems like it's going to be easy because it's so distinct, but I, I think it's tricky. It's a tricky one. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and uh, let me give you one more question and then we'll get into right. talking the uh, what happened on social media. This is from Amanda. Hi, Rob. This is Amanda from Pennsylvania, and I'm also a long-suffering Mets fan. Very sorry. My question has to do with something Max said after the Tribe Shuffle, where he mentioned Shireen being an excellent cook. Could this skill have helped the group decide to keep her around? How vital is it to have someone on your tribe that can prepare survivor delicacies? I'd love to know what you think. Bye. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> uh, now, do you want to eat uh, what Shireen is cooking? I don't know that I've ever had rabbit. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah, I'm sure on Survivor, you. I mean, you'd eat a rat on I would, Survivor. I would eat anything. Would you eat a lizard? If the option is chicken, fried chicken, or get an immunity idol, I think I would probably get the immunity idol, but I'd eat anything else. Yeah. I want to play for you uh, the clip of Shireen talking about uh, how she learned... Yeah to uh, <laughs> slaughter the animals and then uh, what Joaquin had to say about that. I learned how to kill a chicken for Survivor. I watched the video and then I talked to a farmer all about it and then I slaughtered a rabbit. I'm not even... Which is different, very different, but it desensitizes you quite a bit. Trini says that she slaughtered a bunny rabbit. I was like, oh, really? First thing that came to my mind was like, oh, sociopaths, you know? First thing they start doing is, you know, Killing small animals. She probably started with a mouse at like 14. You know, she's at a rabbit right now by 29. It's just insane how she tries to like justify her psychotic ways, you know? It's like, all right, cycle, you stay over there. <laughs> now, is that fair? <laughs> Did you think that Shireen uh, is a sociopath? No. Yes. You don't think that she is, uh, that she has uh, tendencies that she's going to be a uh, serial killer? No. I mean, it's this idea that if you think you're going to be on Survivor, if you know you're going to be on Survivor, go out there and try everything f before you get there. But now I'm thinking maybe it's better to just forget about Survivor for three months before you go. Yeah, it just seemed like the people who do all this prep for Survivor are the people that tend to be all the early boots. Yeah, I don't know. But is a rabbit a good proxy for a chicken anyways? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do we need to consider the fact that, uh, do we think that there's a chance that uh, Shireen could be uh, like, a, uh, like a Dexter? Yeah, is she going to graduate to killing humans while on the island? <laughs> uh, it, uh, but a Dexter as in like she yeah, only, only kills, kills people that deserve it. Like she's uh, like she's killing for good. Like she's found like uh, there's like she has just cause. That would certainly make for an exciting season. I'd love to see it. <laughs> Maybe is that like she's going to vote people out when like that's why we're seeing everybody sort of like mock her as a super fan. And then she has like just cause. And this is sort of like uh, uh, a little bit of like a uh, like a Kill Bill type story. Yeah, this is her origin story. Yes, the origin story where it. she's yeah. a, she's abused she by the other kids who mocked yeah. her for dissecting animals. Uh, and then uh, Hell Hath No Fury. It. I would love to see it. Like Joaquin is going to wake up in like uh, cellophane uh, one night. 
Uh, and then, uh, like, try to smoke in Joaquin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe this will uh, snap something in Shireen. Yeah, no, love the art, the origin story of Shireen. That could be uh, very good. Yeah. Let's uh, segue into a great job on the uh, voicemails, everybody. Of course, uh, you can send in your voicemails yeah. every week after the show to uh, robinswebsite.com slash voicemail or 323-282-RHAP. All right. Let's uh, talk about the week in Survivor birthdays. Of course, uh, I like to check in and see uh, what survivors are celebrating a birthday uh, each week. And I can also let you know, Ryan, that uh, the following people I'm going to tell you about, these are all Pisces. Uh, these, well, are, these are all Pisces here. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, everybody here on this list is a Pisces. Uh, Holly right. Hoffman has a birthday. Oh. Uh, that uh, she is going to be uh, 49, Holly Hoffman. On March fifteenth, Ides of March. So she's already she already had her birthday. She's already forty nine. Woo, woo, Wang. Uh, that he had a uh, ninja stealth mode birthday on the sixteenth. Uh, Zoe Zandikis, born on St. Patrick's Day. It's a great uh, day to be born. That is a staple of a work hard, play hard. That you're born on St. Patrick's Day. Oh yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, also forty nine. So very close to Holly Hoffman. Uh, Mitchell Olsen had a birthday also on St. Patrick's Day and uh, Survivor Kagian uh, player and uh, Chicago resident uh, Alexis Maxwell also born on St. Patrick's Day. And one uh, now looking ahead to the 20th on Friday and now officially we this is an Aries uh, Betsy Bolin. You remember Betsy? Vaguely. <laughs> uh, from Survivor Samoa. You'd have to remind uh, me. Yes. Okay. Not yeah. sure if she's an undercover state trooper also. I, I should have guessed that she was from Samoa because I didn't remember her. Yes. Yes, that's right. All right. So uh, let's talk about the Survivor social media and the Survivor tweets. And we're going to debut a new jingle for the Survivor tweets, which I have not heard yet. <laughs> You're in for a treat. <laughs> I'm in for a, a treat or a tweet. <laughs> okay. Ooh, that's a good rhyming word. I, get, I need to remember that. <laughs> yeah, remember that. Okay. Here we go. Here is the debut. Do you want to set this up? No, just play it. Okay. This is the debut of Ryan's uh, newest jingle for uh, the Survivor Tweets. Tweets, baby, tweets. Survivor Tweets. They're better than drinking water that tastes like Max's feet. Tweets. Boy, uh, Dale said you'd be fine if you drank that water, but I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm sure you would be fine. <laughs> you'd be fine. It's The, the wart is concerning. Can you get warts on your mouth? I suppose you probably can. I believe you can. Uh, I'm lucky to not know, but I believe that. Yeah, me too. That's really the like uh, one of the top two places that you'd be concerned about having them. Yeah. Well, I mean, just give it another boil, right? No, no pun <laughs> like, intended. Yeah, like a, which kind? Which kind? All right. Yeah. Um, speaking of boils uh, and boiling, uh, Eliza. We got to start off with Eliza. She tweets. Uh, discussing how we'd make those 10 eggs at hashtag NYC hashtag wine and cheese. Uh, Eliza is using the hashtag wine and cheese now. Uh, that's, that's exciting to me. That's great. Yeah. Discussing how we'd make those 10 eggs at NYC wine and cheese. And we all agree hard boiled. Don't waste yeah. any egg. Are you yeah. on board? You think that's the way to go? Absolutely. I mean, just, it's also tastes better for me. I, I wouldn't fry them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Cr- crack them in the pan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like you have like olive oil or some sort of like a uh, sp- pan to put on the pan. Yeah, or, it, or well, it, hard boiling does take longer. So if you're really hungry, maybe you want to yes get right also, into it. You could hard boil eggs in uh, the same pan that somebody put their dirty feet in, and, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not gonna. Yeah, there's the shell protecting you. It's from... a protective shell. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Max Dawson responded to Eliza with raw. Yeah. Well, didn't Shireen eat one raw? Did I she? Th- I saw a secret oh scene of that maybe. Oh my God. Uh, what a, uh, what a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Is she making breakfast like Dexter also? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Is that part of the opening montage or Shireen? I think he cracks an egg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Shireen breaks the egg. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and she eats a rabbit oh. for breakfast. Oh, right. poor Shireen. Poor Shireen. Um, all right. So, again, and if uh, Shireen is a, uh, a serial killer, that uh, I am, uh, her, I picked her to win the season. So, uh, I should not be one of the first people to uh, yeah. and, and wake up in the cellophane. Maybe that's the twist, the big unknown <laughs> twist. This season. is that the twist. <laughs> oh my god! Someone is secretly a serial killer. Yes, uh, that would be a whole different podcast. Okay, so <laughs> Eliza also then tweeted, uh, "Why not kill the rooster first? Uh, hashtag no collar. Hashtag no smarts. Yeah. Um, I didn't know Eliza what? was big on the uh, the farming. Yeah. Well, is it uh, is it just an urban legend that you need the rooster to make the hens lay eggs? They need, a, they need the rooster around. I've always heard that. I don't know if that's true. I'm or not, not sure. There. I'm not sure exactly uh, if that's the case. Um, Someone call in and tell us. Yes. Uh, I mean, Eliza did play work. in uh, fans versus favorites, which I think is the, might be the only season where the actual uh, the, the chicken made it to the end. A chicken made it to day 39. <laughs> like, <laughs> like an actual chicken. They like they let well, one of the chickens go in the expert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she also tweeted, uh, Rodney kinds of rhymes with misogyny. No, that's a, huh? that's a sort of, would you, can you rhyme that as the rhyming song oh, expert? Yeah. Could you Absolutely. rhyme Rodney and misogyny? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do we need a, a bumper for uh, Rodney misogyny? I wish I had thought of that one. <laughs> <laughs> misogyny almost rhymes with tweets. I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that is that the case? Right. Back home, I grab her most by dis- her hair and spank her like a bad baby. <laughs> Misogyny. <laughs> Poor Tom Brady. Poor Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm sure he was very upset. I bet the uh, the guys are giving him a good uh, ribbing yeah. at the next mini camp about this. <laughs> I hope that uh, that he didn't have Rodney in the Patriots survivor pool. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Although he did mention Tom Brady in his in his uh, interview, so so how could you not choose him at that point? Yes, uh, maybe we could have like some sort of like a buddy comedy type movie with uh, Rodney and Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, what was that movie, Celtic Pride, where like Damon Wayans like uh, got kidnapped by the super fan? Oh, what was that? Yes. <laughs> oh, I want to see that now. <laughs> I wonder if Rodney is going to have like long flowing hair at the reunion like Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady. Yep. All of a sudden. And Uggs. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Eliza also says, ooh, uh, Shireen seems to be so pissed sitting out. That was an Eliza eye roll right there. Mm. Uh, do we have to worry about Eliza too with the animals? 
<laughs> okay. And then here we go. All caps, Eliza says, uh, I just lost all respect for Max, period. Astrology, three question marks. Seriously, two question marks. Astrology isn't real, period. Hashtag survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with her there. Yes. I, that was a bit much for me, but she was on fire. Yes. Yes, on fire. As always. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Okay. Uh, Rupert's tweets were not quite. There's a chance that Rupert may have gotten some feedback about the. Uh, uh, that uh, he's actually. It's the worst news of all time. <laughs> he's actually tweeting about the blue collar tribe. So maybe he might have preloaded some stuff, but uh, um, he did tweet. Uh, it's amazing how many people play this game with major injuries. <laughs> that's good i mean he uh, yeah but the injury was on the the next time on right so he could have preloaded that a week ahead that's true he could have watched the preview (laughs) okay uh rupert also says uh anytime you're that confident you're done trust me that's good okay that's good man okay uh steven fishback uh tweeted um i may not be an angel but when i settle down i want to find one i don't even know how to comment I love man. Rodney had so many great one-liners from a from a character perspective. Yes, and that was just one of many. One of many. Uh, Steven also said embers are totally getting a winner's edit. Ha ha ha. J.K. But Joe is. <laughs> you think so? I remember Steven got really upset with Doctor. What was his name? Ben last season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, cleared Missy. Yes. Well, he that's because he lost the uh, Survivor yeah. knowing his know it all uh, so bet should, on that. Shouldn't he have been as upset for clearing <laughs> Kelly this time around? Well, he didn't have any skin in the game on this one. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Also, Stephen tweeted. Uh, so it's actually easy to remember the new tribe names: uh, the strong tribe and the weak tribe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sophie tweeted, uh, oh, uh, now I recognize Will. He's famous. Dance again. There you go. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jervis was tweeting quite a bit last night. And uh, this was a sort of an interesting uh, night of tweeting for Jervis. Uh, Jervis started off tweeting. He said, uh, woman down, woman down. Damn, Kelly. I bet you were seeing pink hearts, orange stars, yellow moons, and green clovers. Uh, hashtag lucky charms hashtag ouch <laughs> that's a great tweet and it was seems like it's way over 140 characters no it's a, he listed them all out he wordsmithed it he got it um all uh, right so uh jervis tweets to max dawson says didn't i tell you about that alone time in the ocean they're all plotting on you son yeah 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 he's right uh jervis also said uh that lump that kelly took is affecting her game you're concussed sister (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's good uh then jervis said uh chicken parm and tuna sounds good to me rodney so jervis is 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 in on uh chicken parm and tuna i saw that tweet and i actually agree with him you would eat chicken parm and tuna i would they don't sound that far off from each other for me yeah it needs Um, to be something very strange like unexpected i don't know they're both salty i guess so i can go with that um i could go with that i actually got some negative feedback uh last night that uh we had a mention of chicken parm and i did not bring up gina marie from big brother oh yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) like uh 
That's it, Rodney. You're out. <laughs> you don't get oh, no man. chicken palm. Can you? See, uh, oh, I'd love to see those two together. Yes, yeah, oh, Rodney. Oh, they they should get married. Yeah. yeah. They, do we know anybody that can set up Gina Marie and Rodney it's, from Survivor? It's only a matter of a time before they run into each other at a carnival. To be quite yes. Honest. <laughs> oh, I think we just figured this whole thing out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now here's Jervis. Then tweets if at Rob Sesternino, and here I'm minding my own business here. Yeah. Not tweeting to Jervis, not even, I mentioned Jervis on any podcast. Jervis tweets, if at Rob Sisternino, two, a shot to the head, and I asked him how many fingers I have up, he would probably say Wednesday. What <laughs> is Jervis talking about? Does he know something that I don't, Rob? Turn out to me nice indeed. <laughs> what, is, what is Jervis saying to me? Just a slam out of nowhere on Just you. slamming me over. If I had a concussion and they asked me how many fingers I was holding up, I would say Wednesday. Maybe it was some good natured ribbing. Maybe he was pulling a Dan. You should be glad he didn't call your mom a whore, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, Jervis. Uh, he also tweeted, I like Lindsay's face tattoo, Rodney. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he says uh, that, um, like, uh, if Rob Sesternino, T.O., did not took, if Rob Sesternino two a shot to the head, and I asked him how many finger, singular, I have up, he would probably say Wednesday. <laughs> and then... Why? Why do you pick on you? Maybe because he thought you could, you could handle it. I don't know. I wrote back simply, whoa. <laughs> yeah and he replied he replied to my woe with i'm just saying what are you <laughs> what? saying jervis what are you saying that <laughs> have i been concussed did, did i i don't know is he confusing I mean, me with somebody else maybe he thinks you're particularly sensitive to concussions why would i say wednesday yeah i don't know i don't know what jervis is talking about i don't know it's a real it's a well, real turnout to me nice yeah, I mean, there's only one way to prove that he's right, but it's not very so. fun for you, Rob. Not, please, no. Please, no thank you, Jervis. I don't know if I want to get a, get a yeah. concussion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand. This is a couple of weeks in a row on the podcast where, um, you know, we skipped the week where uh, we were in New York. But first, Sugar uh, came out after me. And then Jerry attacked me on Facebook. And now Jervis is uh, testing my concussion protocol. They're coming at you. Coming <laughs> no. at you, Rob. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, let's see. I have uh, tweets from the actual uh, survivors. Uh, Shireen uh, tweeted to Max Dawson. Uh, I'd have peed on it if you had asked. Uh, I find that believable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I thought... We, he, oh, he got stung by a jellyfish. Well, here comes the pee. Yes. Someone's going to do it. Yes. Okay. Um, Tyler Fredrickson, the, at the T Freddy says, uh, guys, just got a call from CBS. They asked me to return for Survivor Ellis Island. It's <laughs> 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 a good line. Uh, yeah, what do you think? Like, I feel like we have not talked much about Tyler uh, in this overall podcast, but I feel like uh, Tyler, uh, other than being the Teddy Bridgewater and the Russell Wilson of Survivor, um, it feels like uh, he knows what's going on. 
Absolutely. We would not call I, him the Geno Smith of Survivor. I'm a big Tyler fan. Yes. Big Tyler fan. He's very good. Doing doing a very good job so far. Yeah. Uh he he's the super fan. Well, I think he's I think he's a fan, but he's doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. No, he's been the much more traditional fan yeah. of not saying things that are polarizing. Yeah. What and, what was Haley's way to play? Because that's what he's doing. Yes. He's he's playing by the the HF rules, uh, yeah. which are of course Don't be a weirdo. Don't be annoying. Don't be inconsiderate. You'll do okay. Yeah. He's got yeah. all three. Yep. <laughs> is that the new outwit outplay last? I think it is, yeah. <laughs> don't be a weirdo. Don't be inconsiderate. Don't yeah, be annoying. Well, we we don't want to lead with that up front because then people will stop being weirdos and inconsiderate, which Jeff, Bring it on. That's what I came into this game and I I saw the flags just like everybody else. Uh, don't be a weirdo. Don't be inconsiderate. Don't be annoying. And I played by the HF rules, Jeff. And that's why I deserve to win yeah. and be the sole survivor. Well, yeah, <laughs> survivor Ellis Island. You win then. Yes. All right. Uh, and then also a uh, Rodney Lavoy. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, that he tweeted. And I feel like uh, we should uh, probably have a lot of fun with uh, Rodney and his Twitter uh, this season. He oh, tweeted, yes. 7 billion people in the world, and some of you won't like me. Dot, dot. <laughs> Do I need to finish the rest? Hashtag, haters gonna hate. Hashtag, having fun, baby. Hashtag, survivor. Uh, hey, I'll, I gotta give him credit. Yeah. Well... The the haters gonna hate 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 yeah uh, and and Rodney is going to uh, <laughs> yeah what, what is what what are some things that are gonna rhyme with hate 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 <laughs> <laughs> man I need to listen to that song again <laughs> yeah uh, misogynate Nate, misogynate <laughs> is that a word I don't think so <laughs> uh, but uh yeah do do I like his message no do I like the way he's delivering it yes Quite a bit. yes, yes. <laughs> vehicle we like the vehicle okay um so uh <laughs> this is uh some tweets from the uh RHAP community uh Haymaker Hattie has a good tweet uh when Max talked about how you know he knows you know all these survivor facts but he doesn't know his mom's cell phone number uh, he said, uh, you know who I bet knows his mom's cell phone number off the top of his head? <laughs> Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a, the, yeah, there was a strong undercurrent of mom talk. Yes. I believe. Yes. Um, uh, Josh Wiggler at round Howard, uh, that he tweeted, uh, no need for yellow buffs. Cause these dudes all just pissed themselves. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> And uh, Ari Ferrari tweeted, uh, Max's stingray bite is a tribute to uh, John Carroll getting peed on. So there you go. All right. There you go. Ryan, uh, we've talked about it all. We've talked yeah. about super we fans. It. We've talked about Max. We've talked about Shireen. We've talked about uh, all of the uh, different scenarios here in Survivor Worlds Apart. Uh, there's, uh, there's, no, there's nothing left to discuss. I think we got it. We got it all. All right. Until next week. Uh, until until next time. All right. So uh, very fun uh, chatting with you. Uh, yeah, thanks. So, it was fun. So uh, if people want to check out uh, what you're doing, of course, uh, they could follow you on Twitter, uh, which is at Ryan Elder Music, correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, 
and they can go ahead and uh, search on iTunes for the snake, uh, the rat, uh, snakes, rats, and goats on iTunes. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. Are Are you pumped up when any of those animals make an appearance on an episode? <laughs> Always. Yes. Yeah. We had a lot of <laughs> snakes last night. I mean, every player is a snake, a rat, or a goat. If you want to go down that. Wow. Down that road. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so do you think that we will have eventually a three-tribe season of Survivor Snakes versus Rats uh, versus Goats? Now you're talking. <laughs> now you're talking. Yes. yes. What happens if three snakes make it to the end? That's tough. That's yes. tough. Depends on how many rats and goats are on the jury. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, this is... Uh, boy, and, and Shireen would just have a field day slaughtering all of them. Yeah, I don't think I don't think snakes would take other snakes to the end. Okay, otherwise they wouldn't be snakes. That's good. That's good to know. Um, All right, Ryan. Well, thank you for all your contributions to the podcast. Very fun uh, chatting with you, you. and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, great. Thanks, Rob. All right, everybody. There you have it. Ryan Elder joining us on the podcast on another super size edition of the Survivor Podcast. I got some comments from people over this past week where some people said they liked having the podcast split up into two parts where I did uh, one part of the show on Thursday when I talked to Spencer and then on Monday I talked to Zach Brooks. I don't ever imagine a situation where I would have such a big gap, although, you know, I guess anything is possible between the two parts of the show. But some people said they liked having the two parts of the show split up into different podcasts. And again, I'm not, you know, married to anything except for Nicole. So whatever you guys prefer, I mean, that's ultimately what I'll do. So I'm interested to hear from you guys in the comments, whether you feel strongly one way or the other about uh, having the voicemail part of the podcast broken up into a separate podcast. It would be slightly less work in some ways because I probably uh, would be able to get the first part up faster and then have a little more time to work on the voicemails part. But in some ways it would be the same or more work that I'd have to create a second post and, you know, create a second show page and stuff like that. So it probably would be nominal. And I I do sort of like the idea that Thursday is just sort of uh, the crazy day. And then by Friday it's over with, and then I can move on to other stuff, but interested to hear what you guys have to say and what your take is on that. Of course, uh, podcast awards, I told you at the top of the show, I know that I'm beating this horse uh, extremely hard, uh, but uh, only a couple more days to go until podcast awards voting is over. That's going to be on Tuesday. You can vote daily at podcastawards.com. On Friday night, I'm going to get into Big Brother Canada with Mike Bloom. And then on Monday, I'm going to be speaking with AJ Mass. It's that time. We're down to just 13 people here in the Survivor season, and we will get into our archetypes. Also, over the weekend, I'm going to be speaking with the winner of the most recent season of King of the Nerds. So I have a special podcast about that. I did a podcast earlier this week talking about the finale of King of the Nerds as well. And if you guys listen to our other podcasts on post-show recaps, uh, season four of our Seinfeld podcast just kicked off myself and Akiva Winokur. You could hear that this weekend on Post-show recaps, Josh Wiggler and I are recapping The Walking Dead. Only two episodes left in The Walking Dead season. You can join us live on Sunday nights for that. And so much more coming up. Game of Thrones is around the corner as well. So uh, get ready for that all on post-show recaps. So 
I didn't get out a hashtag uh, for this episode. Uh, I was sort of torn between something about my concussion from Jervis, but I think I'm just going to go with the hashtag HF rules. I think that's sort of the uh, simplest and cleanest way to go on that. So uh, congratulations to uh, Haley for creating the HF rules and having that be the hashtag for this episode of Rob has a podcast. And finally, just a special thank you to so many of the listeners who came on as a patron over the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure exactly uh, what it was that I did, but I'm very excited to have uh, a lot of new patrons uh, come on since the start of the season. So thank you guys uh, so much for uh, deciding to support the show. Uh, if you want to find out more about that, you can go to robasawebsite.com slash patron. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Rob has a podcast. Uh, so much coming up next week. My guest on the podcast next week, somebody that we haven't had on in a while. I believe not since they did a recap during Survivor Karamoan, but they will be back after a uh, several season hiatus. And the one and only Jim Rice will be the guest on the recap next week. He has not watched the show in a couple seasons, but he is back watching the show this season and wants to talk about it. So, Jim Rice will be your recap guest here on Rob as a podcast next Thursday. So have a great weekend, everybody. We will talk to you again soon. Bye.